0: This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. As always, lots to talk about. Of course, your calls are primary if you make them. Uh, but here's some news from ABC News California. A, a woman has gone missing, and normally this is a certainly terrible news. Um, you know, whenever uh, whether it's a, a lady or a, a man or a young child or whoever, anybody going missing, usually bad news. Usually not men on
1: the uh, national news. I can tell you that.
0: That's true. Normally, you do have to be a young and attractive lady in order to get mentioned on the news, or a young child uh, news. Right. Uh, In this case, uh, the woman in question is Veronica Ruiz, who's a 25-year-old, and volunteer searchers could not find a backpack belonging to her. Uh, She went missing one week ago after a difficult breakup with her boyfriend. So certainly not a situation you want anybody that you love to be uh, in. However, when it's an IRS agent, well, it's hard to really care that much. (laughs) The discovery in a North California state park would have been the first clue uncovered since Veronica told family and friends last Monday she was going for a hike near Mount Tamalpias. But Maracris Ruiz, Ruiz, Veronica's sister, said that she traced the steps taken by search volunteers Sunday who claimed to see a backpack matching the description of the missing woman's in the distance. She could not locate the item. Authorities suspended the official search for Ruiz Wednesday after finding no evidence she was victim of uh, the victim of foul or, uh, foul play. I'm all well, you tonight. Well, um, where is she? She disappeared. Okay. Uh, she's. They say here we've eliminated anything that might have been suspicious. We're not talking about a kidnapped victim or anything like that. The one of the detectives told said that Ruiz's car was found parked at her house near the base of the mountain. The only things that were missing were her work credentials, her government-issued firearm, a backpack, and her running gear. She's an time- IRS
1: agent, and she has a government-issued firearm. You didn't know this? Well, I know that some of them do. That there's there's all there's kinds. some
0: of- sort of enforcement division there. I think. Yeah,
1: think. There, there is there there certainly is. There's there's some amount of uh, government agents pretty much. Every in every agency, so she's essentially she's the
0: worst kind of IRS thug. She's the armed one, right? They're all bad news, but she's the worst of the worst. Ruiz, a criminal investigator for the San Rafael office of the Internal Revenue Service, is a graduate of uh, the California uh, University of California at Berkeley, and worked at the tax and audit firm KPMG before joining the federal tax agency. Her and her boyfriend of two years broke up last weekend, and then last Monday, Ruiz, who goes by the nickname Nikki, called in sick to work. She then declined an offer to have lunch that day with a friend, certainly some strange behavior. During that phone call, she told the friend she was going to go for a hike at the state park to clear her head. Maybe she was having some second thoughts about her career choice. It uh, sounds like boyfriend problems to yeah, me. Maybe. Despite the decision by authorities to suspend the official search, uh, a number of people continued on and uh, kept looking for her, but apparently they haven't been able to find Miss Ruiz. I don't know. I just figured I'd bring that up. Just kind of interesting. Why? Yeah, she's just a woman who's missing, but I don't think anyone should
1: care. Because she's an IRS agent? Yeah. Oh, come on. I mean, I understand what you're saying. People don't like IRS agents and everything, but it's it's bad for their family, and it's not a good thing, and, and she should come around to uh, realizing that, well, a job with the IRS uh, hurts people, but... Nah, I don't think I want to wish ill on her like that.
0: So if she had gone and ruined people's lives as Which her, she likely has. ...doing her job as an enforcement agent...
1: I certainly wouldn't feel bad if I was one of those people.
0: Right, <laughs> so if she never came back, then really, what's the world lost? No. Yeah. I mean, they'll fill her job with some other... Somebody else, absolutely so true. It won't, it won't really do anything to reduce the amount of violence that the government is enacting on us on a daily basis, but nonetheless, hmm, good luck. 800-259-9231. Uh, also, now here's a little bit more positive news from the AP. Science fiction writers have suggested a future Earth populated by a blend of all races into a common human form. In real life, the reverse seems to be happening. People are evolving more rapidly than in the distant past, with residents of various continents becoming increasingly different from one another, say researchers. Hmm. Says uh, One of them said, I was raised with the belief that modern humans showed up 40 to 50,000 years ago and haven't changed. Seems like the opposite is true. Our species is not static, he added in a telephone interview. That doesn't mean that we should expect major changes in just a few generations, though evolution occurs over thousands of years. Harpending and colleagues looked at the DNA of humans and that of chimpanzees, our closest relative. They reported in this week's online edition of the Proceedings in National Academy of Sciences... If evolution had been proceeding steadily at the current rate since humans and chimps separated 6 million years ago, there should be 160 times more differences than the researchers found. That indicates that human evolution had been slower in the distant past, he explained. Rapid population growth has been coupled with vast changes in cultures and ecology, creating new opportunities for, adap- uh, for adaption. The past 10,000 years have seen rapid skeletal and dental evolution in human populations. Here's as- what I don't understand, though,
1: is... Um I I don't know how it is in other countries I would imagine in some that it's not as good as it is in the United States but the the infant mortality rate is very low in the United States mm-hmm. which essentially means um that we aren't evolving if natural selection uh, is what your is what evolution is um and I don't think that
0: means that you don't think don't? that means that no I think that you you know you adapt to your surroundings and your circumstances over time and I don't think that kids dying is really that much of a factor. Well, um, natural selection means that nature selects who
1: lives and who dies. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't really think evolution's occurring any
0: longer. Well, Something else is occurring. Well, the scientists are saying it's happening at a much faster rate. No. Uh, they're saying some guy wrote an article. Well, the, no, this is a group of uh, scientists that it's you know published
1: in a peer-reviewed journal. It's not really evolution, though. Your genes aren't evolving. They aren't. It, What I was taught was evolution is natural selection, and... To me, this is not it. It's, if somebody can call in and explain otherwise to me, I'd be happy to listen. But th-
0: You probably should, because I'm, I'm certainly no expert on this on this issue, but I, as I understand it, evolution is a little bit more than that. The, n- the number is 800-259-9231. But nonetheless, the experts say that the past 10,000 years have seen rapid skeletal and dental evolution in human populations, as well as the appearance of many ju- uh, many new genetic responses to diet and disease. For instance, Mark, I uh, I have never had... The um, wisdom teeth. I don't have them. You just don't have wisdom teeth. No, I only have two. So you're supposed had, to have four, right? Had two, right? Right. So you're a little bit more evolved than most people, and I'm more
1: evolved than you are. See? I, I suppose I don't know that that's necessarily evolution. <laughs> I mean, it could be more. How about? How do you know? I don't know.
0: Just I'm just throwing it
1: I mean, out there. What Isn't more teeth better than less teeth? Maybe they've, they're le- more evolved than you are.
0: They found that different changes are occurring in Africans, Asians, and Europeans. Most anthropologists agree that humans first evolved in Africa, then spread to other areas. And the lighter skin color of Europeans and Asians is generally attributed to selection to allow more absorption of vitamin D in colder climates where there's less sun. The increase in human population from millions to billions in the last 10,000 years accelerated the rate of evolution. So contrary to what you were suggesting, Mark, because we were in new environments to which we needed to adapt. Uh, So because they spread out to new areas, evolution sped up a bit. Mm. And with a larger population, more mutations were able to occur. In another example, researchers noted that in China and in most of Africa, few people can digest fresh milk into adulthood. Yet in Sweden and Denmark, the gene that makes the milk-digesting enzyme lactase remains active, so almost everyone can drink fresh milk, explaining why dairy farming is more common in Europe than in the Mediterranean and Africa. Hmm. Researchers studied 3.9 million gene snippets from 270 people in four populations, Han Chinese, Japanese, Africa's Yoruba tribe, and Utah Mormons, who traced their ancestry to northern Europe. Director of the Human Origins Program at the Smithsonian said he thinks researchers reasoning, the researcher's reasoning regarding rapid adaptive change is plausible. The study mainly points to an overall expansion in the human population over the past 40,000 years to explain the genetic data. Yet the archaeological record shows that humans increasingly divided themselves into distinct cultures and migrating groups, factors that seem to play only a small role in their analysis. Dividing the human population into finer units and their movement into new regions may have forced quicker adaptive evolution in our species. Sort of like when you move to a new climate, uh, eventually you adapt to that. So that just on a massive uh, scale for all of mankind, essentially. Potts, who was not part of the research team, added he liked the report because it points to how genetic data can be used to test a variety of ideas about recent human adaption. I just think it's fascinating, the idea that evolution might be speeding up for us seems like everything's speeding up. I'm skeptical. Technology is speeding up. Uh, The marketplace is just bringing more and more new technological wonders to us uh, at an ever-increasing clip, and maybe we're evolving along with it. We'll go to your thoughts as well on this one at 800-259-9231. If you want to chime in or bring up whatever's on your mind, this is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts that you can surf around through, get interactive, uh, talk with some of our other listeners about all kinds of different topics, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all there at bbs.freetalklive.com. And if you have uh, more debt than you can pay, you don't have to file bankruptcy. You can pay pennies on the dollar. And your credit doesn't have to take a hit. It's a 100% legal, 100% ethical program that will show you how to get out of debt in 90 minutes. Go to outin90.com. To learn more, that's outin90.com. As we go to the phones and talk to Johnson in Connecticut on the amp line, Johnson, what's on your mind tonight?
2: Hey, hey I just wanted to call in about uh, actually two things. First being evolution, because Mark wanted me to uh, explain a little bit about what evolution is. And well,
0: not- I asked people to
1: call in, and, and you are one of the smarter people I know, and I'm glad you called in, but I'm really curious about this. Um, the, the, the claim is in this article that scientists say... Um, that evolution is speeding up when I say that since the uh, infant mortality rate in the United States is so low that, in fact, we're not evolving at all right. uh, well, because natural selection isn't occurring.
2: That's not evolution. So I, I'm, I'm torn with this because on the one hand, I sort of say, yeah, evolution probably isn't speeding up, or if it's speeding up, it's not oh, well, maybe it's going to take, instead of billions of years, it'll only take hundreds of millions. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so I don't, kind of don't understand that whole philosophy of evolution is speeding up, but at the same time, uh, your idea that natural selection is the only uh, sort of avenue for evolution is incorrect. There are actually several things. There's adaptation, genetic drift, genetic flow, mutation, then there's natural selection, and then there's what's called speciation, which is something that human beings will never, ever witness, ever. (laughs) Because speciation um, is one of those things in evolution where uh, an animal crosses from being one uh, type of animal to another. For example, uh, people talk about, like, a mammal becoming a bird or a reptile, Mm. uh, you know, or a fish becoming an amphibian or an amphibian becoming a reptile, that sort of thing. And the reason why we will never see speciation or no one will ever uh, witness speciation is because that line is – there's no definite sort of point where an animal becomes another animal. Like, for example, look at the platypus. It's got webbed feet, a bill, fur, and lays eggs. Is that an animal that's probably undergoing speciation right now? I'd bet, but we're not going to say that. We're just going to classify it as a mammal.
1: (laughs) Right. I, well, I I, I kind of get where you're coming from. So there's there's no you know there, there's no way to classify something like that. And you have to speciation something you'd take from a historical point of view.
2: But on the other side, no, you were saying as far as natural selection is, you're considering that um, a evolution only occurs when uh, some when when a large portion of a population is being killed off, mm-hmm. and that is not the case. What um, Evolution, I mean, this is sort of a, I mean, again, there are so many different avenues and different methods for evolution, but um, what it really is is a mutation. When mutations occur in DNA, they're very, very subtle normally, unless you're talking about something like bacteria. Uh, Those mutations to DNA are very, very small things. Uh, radiation can affect people's DNA uh, greatly, which is why there's such a problem over in Iraq now. All these troops are coming back, and the children that they're having have Down syndrome because their DNA has been so greatly damaged, the troops, that is. And these troops get all sorts of diseases. But if there were mutations that were um, somehow beneficial or maybe even not beneficial, those might, those mutations may or may not get passed on through breeding. So something doesn't have to die in order for evolution to take place, it just has to be something that is more, slightly more preferable. For example, a subtle mutation might be if uh, a, a girl was born with bushy eyebrows and you know wasn't tweezing them or doing something like that, then maybe she would be less attractive, less likely to have children. That would be the sort of thing that would drive evolution.
1: Sure, maybe it is driving it slow. Hmm? It's sure driving it slowly.
2: No, oh, absolutely. Billions of years, evolution takes a very. But it's
1: it's not driving long. it nearly as quickly as natural selection would.
2: You know that may or that's that's debatable. I mean, certainly things like a, a, a huge climate shift would have a much greater effect. I mean, there are certain things that cause faster and slower evolution.
0: But well, it's saying it here in the it is. says in the article that uh, the increase in, in human population from millions to billions in the last ten thousand years has accelerated the rate because of the new environments that uh, we needed to adapt to and because of the larger population more mutations were occurring.
2: Right, and that absolutely makes sense. That more mutations would be occurring and that those mutations would be spreading around, and 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 that absolutely makes sense. But I mean, we're going from glacially slow to maybe slightly less glacially slow. I mean, it's it's almost sort of like a joke to say that evolution is speeding up. It's, I mean, okay, it went from imperceptible to imperceptible.
0: All right, so here's my question. Uh, wisdom teeth, not having them, is that more evolved than having them?
2: I wouldn't know that. That's a historical that standpoint. I would that it's probably more evolved to not have them, because uh, the old skeletons, actually, it's thought that part of the reason why human beings have gotten uh, smarter is because their teeth have moved out of the way to allow this. Size of the brain cavity in the skull to expand.
1: So the uh, uh, the the rednecks in Arcadia, Florida, with no teeth are far more are more evolved than I. I don't think
2: that they have no teeth because they were born that way. Oh, okay.
1: I, I'm just trying to clear it up.
0: So there you go. So Mark, Speaking that means of, I'm more evolved of than rednecks
2: you. rednecks who are who are uneducated. Actually, the other thing that I wanted to bring up real quick is. On the BBS, I'm currently uh, – I have sort of a discussion going that I'd like people to hear about, get involved in. I'm currently uh, preparing to write a speech uh, for a class on uh, the education system, and I'd mm-hmm. like some input. I actually got – I thought I was going to have to deliver the speech last week, but I've got a little bit of extra time. So if anybody wants to jump in to certain issues on how we can go about uh, privatizing our education system or, or really marketizing
0: it. Didn't you say that you wanted the speech to be, I guess, approach? you, you wanted to approach it from you're, – you're talking to someone that has no idea about liberty, like trying to persuade oh, yeah,
2: them? Oh, absolutely. It's a completely general audience, possibly even some people who are going to be very opposed um, – and the audience is not going to have really sort of any idea. So I, I think a lot of the way that I want to approach it was with a lot of statistics, and I definitely would like to talk about if anyone can help me with the statistics and the, and the data, I'd really like to try and approach how um, the costs would work out. In other words, how a, um, a private education system would feasibly be funded by charity and how exactly how that would work. Um, so that's what I would really like the most help with is if people know like some numbers about how much people spend in charity every year and how much the education system is costing us and you know how how that would work if the education system was privatized.
0: Good luck For looking into those numbers. I don't. I certainly don't have them at my fingertips. I mean, just just pulling up. Nobody from... does. Right. From recall, I know that it's, I mean, I think it's over $150 billion a year that people uh, contribute to charity in this country. I don't know, you know, to which charities, but just charitable contributions in general. And, of course, there's various different ways that, you know, one could approach a speech like that. You could approach it, depending on your audience, uh, you could approach it from a educational freedom perspective and that teachers would finally be able to innovate and try different things as opposed to being stifled by the system. Uh, you could also approach it from a more fiscal conservative standpoint and suggest that it would save people money. Uh, of course, then there's the freedom aspect of not having to be forced to pay for things that you don't necessarily plan to use if you aren't going to have kids and that sort of thing. So certainly a wide uh, variety of choices, and people can go to the BBS to, uh, to help you out with that. What form is it in, Johnson? Uh,
2: it, I believe it's in the general form, yeah,
0: right general now. General form. So there you go. Go take a look at that and see if you can give him some assistance. And thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate the uh, evolution expertise. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. The dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show, just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. Take a look at that, shrine.freetalklive.com. And movies, lingerie, and marital aids. AdamEve.com has got a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off at AdamEve.com slash talk. We go to the phones to the fun. John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys! Hey John, what's on your mind?
3: Hey, something's been on my mind for a couple of weeks. There, it, it seems when this uh, thing I heard on the podcast—I don't—I uh, I, I don't follow the threads as much as a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't get the divide with the political versus the apolitical because I just don't read all of that. Mm-hmm. But I do get a sense from what you uh, what you reported, wh- what you reported as reporters. To me, it struck me in the heart. You almost got a song out of it. (laughs) Wow. Um, it, It really, really means something to me. I hate to see this between my friends. It's like a split up. I would agree. People that you really love.
0: Just mm-hmm. to recap for our listeners uh, just tuning in, what you're referring to is something that's going on up here in New Hampshire. Uh, many of the Free State Project members, and th- theoretically could go on as the liberty anywhere. movement spreads uh, around the country. Anywhere.
3: It goes on in, in, in communities all, everywhere.
0: Well, not so, it's just not as pronounced anywhere else because right, there aren't as many activists. Yeah. But the the liberty activists that have moved here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project have begun to splinter to some extent uh, into camps of those who are engaged engaging in politics and okay with that, and those who are completely morally opposed to engaging in politics and are not okay with that. Uh, The the splintering hasn't really gone too much further beyond the Internet forums, though, at this point. It's just that some are concerned, and I think rightly so, that it may spill over into the real world eventually.
3: Well, like I said, it it bothers me enough that there's probably even a song in it for me because it's disturbing. But to to both sides, I need to say, uh, guess what, folks? Uh, We've got somebody that runs a paper who's an apolitical type, who runs Ron Paul things, who happens to be a congressman, and probably even prints things that are speeches of his from Congress. Dr. Ron Paul has even endorsed civil disobedience. He has. There's guys like me who are in the middle. We watch and we listen, and there's purists on either side. And man, if, if one side starts sniping at the other hey i've been i've been the type of guy I like to be an activist i've done various things i've I've gone to the state house and testified I've, I've written songs I've done something in between, which is kind of supporting friends that do civil disobedience stuff. But guys like me that are stuck in the middle to, to both sides, I need to say this: when you want to start attacking the other side, you're going to turn me off. I can work with both of you people. And if you want to be the type that's sniping at someone else, I'm in favor of peace. I'm in favor of getting along. And when I see somebody working against the other side, guess what? I'm not going to be working with you anymore. I don't like that. I start questioning the commitment to peace.
0: I agree. I'm I'm with you on that. I, I also feel as though I'm in the middle and I... And I, I empathize with both sides, and I understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, I agree with you. Attacking each other is certainly not going to do anybody well, the, any benefit.
3: The 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 attack is is, is the part that really hurt me. Um, the report that I heard um, it it kind of stung me when somebody said you don't stand up for a. Ju-. It was like somebody called me stupid, and it's a woman that I met, and I like her. Mm-hmm. She's a nice girl. I met her kind once of like, myself. can't stand up for a judge? You're stupid. Hey, guess what? I ain't stupid, and neither are you. Don't stop calling me that.
0: Right. Well, the other side, though, We're let's We're going
3: f- for the same stuff here, ain't we, baby?
0: I agree, but let's be fair, though. Both sides are a little bit... can be a little nasty. There was that side of insulting those who do want to participate in civil disobedience and not stand well, for judges Ian, and that sort of thing.
3: Here's the, real, here's the real worst part of it. Imagine a guy like me. I'm committed. I've already moved. I had a promise to myself many, many years ago. I was coming into it to New Hampshire anyway. Mm-hmm. Imagine somebody who didn't have that deep commitment, and they were kind of looking at the situation from afar and saying, hmm, am I going to try to do this? Yeah. They might say, Imag- imagine a guy with Mike kind of stuck in the middle thing from afar.
1: It doesn't It doesn't seem like it's really worth making the move for, does it?
3: They might be saying, you know what, If if someone on that side is getting nasty and the other side's nasty, I think maybe... I don't want to be with them. one of my things is it's beautiful uh, the best people I've ever known are here in the freedom movement
0: it's when an amazing group of activists nasty- uh, on both tremble. sides, John. I mean, on both sides, there are an amazing group of political activists here. Mark and I just spent uh, several hours, a couple hours, with uh, the guys over in, at NHCapTV.com. They're going to have us on their show uh, within the next week, and they're doing some amazing work at the at the state house and looking at the bills and really taking some time to uh, really analyze them from a pro-liberty perspective and vote them up and vote them down, that sort of thing. And then there's the the apoliticals that are just doing just stunningly amazing and exciting civil disobedience. It's just the name calling that's not necessary. I mean, when uh, the
3: Ian, the thing is like the guy, that, the guy that's over there at that station, he probably is if I have the same guy in mind, uh, Dennis, mm-hmm. he is smart enough and, 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 and a nice enough person. He's a great guy to be around. He is smart enough to not be he, he might not agree with everything anybody else is doing. You don't start sniping at people. Yeah. Do what you do, for crying out loud. Yeah. We focus on what... are working towards freedom.
0: Exactly right, and, and, and if you and focus on is, what you're doing, then that's what's most important.
3: in, I've done everything from I've testified at the legislature in Concord. I have worked for candidates locally. I have uh, wor- you know played a song outside of a prison, and even done it out moved on to Connecticut when mm-hmm. that was necessary for a friend. I've written songs. I've, I've I'll do all of that. When somebody starts sniping at the other guy. I start saying maybe I don't want to hang around with the so. In other words,
0: absolutely. I mean,
3: if you're a political type and you think you're gaining points by slamming my friends who are not political, f you. I don't want to hang around with somebody who's attacking my other friends. I want to be friends with all of these people. We can work together, and the only way it's going to work is when we're the the freedom people we'll get it together and and calm down take a deep breath and say hey we're all on the same team.
0: Absolutely. In because fact, let's, l- John. Let me point something out, well. out to you, though, just so you know. Uh, the other side of this is the apoliticals. There are certain people on their side. You were talking about the two extremes, and you mentioned the one extreme where the political people sniping at the apoliticals. Well, the apoliticals well, snipe the by calling was... them. They snipe by calling the politicals immoral. You're you know, they're right. essentially. And
3: so therefore, and so therefore, those people on that side who are calling me immoral, who has protested outside of prison supported a friend, protested at the federal building, written songs in favor of them, right. and now you're going to start calling me immoral? They're
0: alienating you, and that's not I very healthy.
3: Somebody who is working in your direction from a different angle? Yep. Please, stop that nonsense. I think Mark Mark had a friend who who, who called it dividing up that kind of small pie. Yeah. In very, very thin slices. Right, right. It's, it's a small pie right, to be bro-
1: cut into slices.
3: You want to you want to lose? Guess what? Didn't you do it real fine in your committee meetings with the Libertarian Party? Was there, did there used to be a a party where you could parse everything? Yep. Let's do Robert's rule. John, Let's I like what do. you have to
0: say, man, and uh, thank you for uh, for bringing it up. I think that uh, I think that a lot of the activists really should pay close attention to your words, and because you are, um, you know, you are one of those people who are in the middle, and uh, you're being alienated by both sides, and that's not a healthy thing at all. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's C- Mark. He's passionate about it. That's why I thought it was important to talk about this. Instead of brushing it under the rug as though it's not happening, uh, really focus on this. Because I understand people in the other 5- 49 states, they aren't necessarily having these conflicts. But as the liberty movement grows, inevitably you're going to see these, uh, these differences more, become more pronounced. And if people decide, feel like they need to take sides, they're making a big mistake. I think that both political and apolitical activism have an important place in the liberty movement, and it's critical that we work together and we stay friendly with one another. More on the way. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. You're going to have to go shopping eventually, whether it be for something you need in your personal life, or if you need to just buy a bunch of uh, gifts for the holiday season, you're going to have to do it. So why not do it at Amazon.freetalklive.com? You know Amazon is the world's largest internet retailer. They've got a, a, just an incredibly large selection, 41 categories to shop in. You can even buy used items, and Free Talk Live will still get a cut. So once again. Amazon.freetalklive.com. And as you know, sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th, and all of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. That is, once again, LibertyDollar.org. In fact, I have an update from Bernard von Nothaus, the monetary architect and the man behind the Liberty Dollar. As we know, uh, by the way, Bernard is going to be appearing as long as he hasn't been arrested at the <laughs> upcoming Liberty Forum. Arrested so. for nothing, right away. Uh, For not certainly not harming anyone. Uh, People that bought Liberty dollars knew exactly what it was they were getting into. I bought several of them myself. But uh, as you know, the FBI has taken all the the uh, the Liberty dollars. But it turns out that what they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, uh, the FBI, according to Bernard, is trying to move aggressively to forfeit their seizure for auction immediately. Meaning that they oh, they wanna... don't even want to hold it for evidence, right? Well, there's no evidence because there's no crime committed. They've like you know it's like um, it's like when they accuse you. But they of haven't being arrested a... anybody for, of anything, right? It's like when they accuse you of being a drug dealer and they get to take your house in your car and then go and auction it. It's their stuff. They don't have to really do anything. I mean, as long as they don't charge you with anything, it's very difficult for you to get it back. And if they've already auctioned it by that time, then then what are you gonna do? Uh, he says if that doesn't shock and alarm you, then you're truly asleep. If there's ever been a time to support the Liberty Dollar, uh, it is now. And then he talks about his arrest dollar, which is kind of a neat little thing that they're doing.
1: Yeah, I, I really like the arrest dollar. Apparently, he's taken uh, regular Liberty dollars that people have donated back in for some reason or another, um, just to be helpful. Right. And he has a special stamp. He's stamping on them and then reselling them.
0: So – uh In order to raise money. Right, now you can get arrest dollars. He's raising money for a lawsuit, uh, which was going to be a class action suit, and he's changing that. He says, this is so shocking that it makes one wonder what's going on. Unfortunately, the draconian raid seizure forfeiture by this government is standard operating procedure. In fact, the more you learn, the worse it is. Once raided, the victim need not be arrested or even charged with a crime before his or her property can be forfeited and auctioned. This is so common that the police refer to this seized property as their... Or property. After all, like any common thief, they stole it, so it's theirs. Or so they would have you think. He says, Wait, it's not quite that simple with the Liberty Dollar. You see, I considered this dirty, stinking government trick when I designed and developed the warehouse receipt program. And although I didn't think they would really be this bad or simply ignorant, there's no doubt now. For that reason, I am not the signatory on the warehouse receipt. Nor could I sign the warehouse receipt because I'm not the warehouse official. I don't even work for the warehouse. Remember, the warehouse is totally independent and the official issuer of the warehouse receipt. Norfed, Liberty Services, myself, everybody who uses them are simply distributors of the receipt. So in case you don't know what we're referring to here, is the Liberty Dollar is both a paper currency and an actual piece of silver. There are both versions mm-hmm. that are distributed amongst people that use them. And essentially what the paper currency is, is what he's saying. It's a warehouse receipt that actually says on it, you know, the bearer can be paid on demand this amount of silver. Mm-hmm. There are different denominations. So it could be a half an ounce. It could be an ounce or whatever. Uh, and it gives you the location of the warehouse. Uh, It gives you the, uh, you know, the signature is of the warehouse official, the man who's in charge over there. There's a contract written on the back that specifies the details of the of the agreement, essentially. So what they've done here, as Bernard is pointing out, is they haven't seized this from Bernard. They weren't his in the beginning. They're everyone who has these Liberty Warehouse receipts. I've got several of them. Yeah. So they these federal government goons have stolen my money. And yours, too, if you had uh, one of these I, warehouse receipts. Yeah, they, they took mine, too. He says, the worst news is economic persecution. Now we have to fight for your property with nothing because they took everything in the raid. If we hadn't received some donations to get a new computer, we wouldn't even be able to send out this cry for help. He yes. says, this this is very serious. He points out the search and seizure warrants were for property at specific addresses. The property they seized at sunshine, which is the mint, backed the legal signed warehouse receipts. That property was and still is owned by the bearers of the receipts and the digital liberty dollar holders because they have a like an electronic version as well. He says that's your property that they have stolen. And he points out that, in all fairness, I don't think Agent Andy and the FBI who raided the warehouse at Sunshine Mint actually know what they're doing. Yes, they can be certainly more damaging than a village idiot, but they may not know much more. It's obvious that they don't understand how a warehouse receipt program works. Except for my personal account at Sunshine Mint, none of the confiscated material was my property. It was yours. And he goes on to promote uh, LibertyDollar.org that you get signed up for the lawsuit, which he has changed now. Uh, the class action suit, he says that they've got over 3,000 names now signed up for this, this class, uh, class action suit. We've been suit. telling people every night to do it. So And uh, they need more, so if you want to get on board, go to LibertyDollar.org and get more information on that. But he's changed it now. Instead of being a class action lawsuit, they plan to list everybody by name on the lawsuit. He says, we want the judge to see how many people the U.S. government has injured. It's important for the judge to know that thousands of good people from all over the United States who committed no crime have been injured and need immediate restitution. So they've now renamed the lawsuit to the wrongful seizure lawsuit. It is no longer a class action suit. Very interesting. And but I've signed up for it, and I would encourage everyone to do so. Yep, as have I. And if uh, if you want to be kept in the loop, obviously, we'll do our best to report the latest on Free Talk Live. But you can also go to LibertyDollar.org, and you can get signed up and receive the emails from Bernard uh, as well. So this is critical. This is very important. He points out later in his uh, in his email here that people, even if you don't have Liberty Dollars, if you care about sound money, if you care about gold backing, value backing – you really need to be paying attention. Even if you're just a gold bug, if you're somebody that that, uh, that has, um, you know, what, what do they call them? Um, the numismatics. numismatics. If you've just got numismatics or some other form of uh, of gold, you need to be paying attention. Because the federal government has gone and stolen people's gold and silver. They've done it again. This happened in the past, in the early part of the 20th sure, century. it happened in the 1930s. Roosevelt did it. Right. So they stole everybody's gold uh, back you, then. You know,
1: as uh, doing the talk show and worrying about... Uh, actual value-backed currency, I, I forget that Americans don't realize that the government stole all of our gold at one point. Right,
0: all of it. All, well, all, You're not it exaggerating. To,
1: all, all of it to the point that uh, Americans were willing to turn in. Some Some good patriots said, forget it, I'm not giving you my gold, I'm keeping what's mine. Right. And when I say stole it, they, essentially, they bought it back for less than it was worth, and they told you you had to because it was illegal to own it illegal Mm -hmm. like this was cocaine or heroin or or uh, uranium
0: or something like that and because most americans are consider themselves good law-abiding citizens they did as the government demanded and turned over their gold so there was only a select few that actually flaunted the law and kept their gold which i would have done personally yeah Um, i would have too and please keep my mouth shut about it though just take this as a shot across the bow this is a warning yeah they've given you the warning people they have stolen the Liberty Dollar's supply of gold and silver. They've stolen it from all of the, uh, the holders of the Liberty Dollar certificates. They could very well go after you next. They could go after your organization. We know they targeted eGold earlier in, the, I think it was early this year. They went after a completely different uh, gold-based company, a gold-based business. And they're getting away with it to very little fanfare. There are no huge nationwide news articles being published about this. There's no uh, f- there are no uh, news organization that's following this. Outs- I mean, Free Talk Live is not a news organization. They're- MSNBC, Fox News, they might have reported on it once. No one's following the case. Apparently. No one cares. The government's stealing gold again. It's happening again. So please beware, be cautious, and, and pay attention. Because this could happen to you next. 800-259-9231. Speaking of uh, banning things, it looks like the Dutch have gone and made a mistake. You know, the, the same people that have decriminalized marijuana, and they've had just tremendous success with it, right? Uh, the statistics show that teenagers in the Netherlands... Yeah, the usage is down. ...are much less likely to use marijuana than they used to be. Back when it was illegal, and far less likely to use it than American kids. Right. Uh, so it's been an incredible success, but now the Netherlands has decided to ban something completely different. Okay. So marijuana is still uh, still semi-legal there. It's not really fully legal, but it's not really illegal. But now they are going to ban hallucinogenic mushrooms, which, believe it or not, it, they weren't banned before, before now. So we'll talk about that coming up here in hour number two, and we'll talk about why And it's just a silly reason why. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Hour two's on the way. Anything goes. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month. And get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. We go right into the phone calls. Ladies first, it's Pinky on the line in Colorado on the amp line. Hey, Pinky. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's on your mind?
4: Oh, I just had a fun little experience at the mall with the cops.
0: Now, is this a mall cop or a real cop? Both. Both. All right. What happened?
4: Well, I got paid today, so I went to the mall, like, wanting to spend my money. Right. It's
0: Christmas time,
1: right?
4: Right. Opposedly. Uh, supposedly. Supposedly. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So I go into the mall. I started at JCPenney's. I spent some money, and then I walked out of there and into the actual mall. Mm-hmm. And there was a mall security guard who said, I need to see your ID. I was Hmm. like, why? And she's like, well, it's a mall rule that anybody under 21 has to show their ID to shop here on Friday night. I was like, well, that's stupid, and I'm not under 21.
0: Yeah, but if they think you are, then you have to prove it, huh?
4: Right. But I just walked away because I was like, whatever, it's just a mall security guard, and if they don't want my business, that's their problem. Hmm. I didn't even get 100 feet away when two actual cops, from the city of Aurora, came running up to me like their butts were on fire, demanding to see my ID.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess at that point, they're, um, you know, they, they, the property owner has a, a rule in place, and if you don't want to follow the rule, which I, I guess you were following the rule um, because you weren't under 21, exactly. they have a rule in place that you know that they want followed and and if you're not following it i guess you're trespassing so i yeah but the rule
0: the rule is probably that they have to ask anyone they think is under 21 so unless she shows id she can't prove she's over
1: 21 well i don't see i don't know exactly uh you know how what the implementation is
0: but i would likely say um but i don't think i like your rule bye she could do that but you weren't walking out right you weren't walking out of the mall you were just walking on
4: Right. I walked into the mall, and then the cops were there before I got hundred feet.
5: So, got the
4: cops, it. and this is a city, you know, a big city. This is in Denver, so there's gang problems, and there's cops hanging it out, out at the mall to harass people when they won't show their ID to the mall security. Mm-hmm. I find that ridiculous.
0: Well, again, I I don't know if that's really. I I don't know if I can really agree with you on this one because, uh, again, if it is, if it is the mall's rule, you weren't really complying with their rules, and in that case. Uh, then they have to call somebody to enforce those rules. And unfortunately, the government police are the only protection services we have. Uh, as but far But they as... were
4: already there, just hanging out, waiting for people.
0: Yeah, and th- like, the the
1: cops don't have anything better to do on a Friday evening than oh, I see. bother the crap out in, of a... So their job is in to in be Denver, at the Colorado.
4: mall. Right, exactly. Right.
1: Because there's all kinds of terrible,
0: violent things that occur at the mall and the security couldn't take care of, I guess. Evidently. Well, there were those shootings recently, but I imagine those cops were there before the shootings. I remember down in uh, Sarasota, there was an actual police substation existing inside the mall itself. So this, this is probably typical across the country.
4: It might be. This is the same mall though. There was a big controversy a few years ago about they wanted more white people to shop at the mall and I'm white, so I'm like, why are you harassing me? You're the I'm the person you want to shop here.
1: Hmm. I'm I'm floored by that uh, <laughs> uh it's controversy, it's but okay. A
4: Simon Mall in Aurora, Colorado.
0: Hmm.
4: They um I don't know, it got into the media that they wanted more white people to shop there.
0: So what <laughs> happened after the police uh ran up, as you say with their butts on fire? <laughs>
4: I said, is that a law that I have to show you my ID? And they said, no, but it's private property, so you have to either show it or you have to leave. And I said, well, then I'm leaving because there they obviously don't want my business.
0: Did you point out that you had just finished? I mean, you had a JCPenney bag in your hand at that point, right?
4: No, I didn't. I, The Aurora cops don't have the best reputation. I didn't want to get into it with them.
0: No, I, I think you made your point
1: i I think that's enough. You had a bag in your hands um you don't need to you don't need to make any points to the police officers. The police officers are mindless goons that are going to go and uh you know do what they're told to do they, you know it like the security guard, maybe they need to be told look. I was I was here to spend some money, but your stupid enforcement of this stupid rule has yeah. caused me to leave. And I'm going to go some other place where I can spend my money and buy gifts for the people that I love, and it's not going to be here. And you're running cu- customers with money out of their hands out of this place.
0: Yeah, specifically, I would have to- I would have definitely told that to the security guard, and I would have even considered going back and returning whatever it was I just bought from JCPenney. You know, and you can make a
1: telephone calls to some of the stores that you, th- that you were considering going to, mm. ask to speak to the manager, say... This is what happened to me tonight. That's a great idea. Or last night or whatever. Uh, it, it would take you 15 minutes. You can make two or three calls. That would have a
0: huge effect. because management. These managers do not get calls like that. They have That's no true. idea. I think it makes, it makes sense great. to call the managers of the stores, but also give a call to the actual mall management as well while you're at it.
4: I will definitely
0: do that. I am full of good ideas, Pinky. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now the, the cops at that at the point when you decided to walk away and leave the mall, did they press the issue or did they let you walk off?
4: Oh, they were like, we have to escort you out, and okay, so they whatever. escorted
0: me. But that was I it, was though. Like, they okay. didn't they didn't bug you after that. No,
4: nope, they just walked, and I ignored them.
0: You know, that's not I mean it could have been worse. Uh certainly they could have been much more belligerent with you uh and and the fact is you didn't show the uh, the security guard your ID per his request. So I think the mall as silly as the rule is as far as their, their private property and their right to control it, they were certainly within, well within their rights to, to ask those things. I, I agree with you that the rule may be silly, but at the same time, I also understand that they don't want the mall packed with a bunch of little uh, high school brats uh, causing trouble and you know making it so that it's an undesirable shopping experience for anybody over the age of 21. So I can understand hey, where I'm... the mall's rules came from.
1: I can't understand 19-year-olds hanging out at the mall. Is that what they're, cla- they're claiming happens? 20-year-olds hanging out at the mall? That doesn't make any sense to me.
0: These are kids, Mark. Look at No, no. Like, kids are 14 or 15. No, I mean, no, Mark. Kids are now 20 and 19 and 21. I and mean, and that's fact. where they were
1: hanging out when they were 14, so they haven't figured out someplace else to go? Are you, you, you kidding, kidding me? me? Pinky,
0: what do you think?
4: Um, When I was like 21, I wasn't going to the mall to screw around. I was doing that someplace private.
0: Hmm. When you say screw around, what, what do you mean?
4: Like drinking and messing up. I mean, if we were at the mall, we were just shopping. We weren't causing problems
0: you know hmm. well how old are you now if i might ask or around about 28 28 all right well maybe things have changed over the last <laughs> <Jeez>. maybe things <laughs> and have you changed. looked and you looked under 21 to them
1: huh <laughs> yeah evidently
0: Well, you can take that as a compliment i guess yeah it's a good thing pinky great story thanks for calling appreciate hearing from you mm-hmm. 800-259-9231. Maybe you've you know, got some experience in this area. Perhaps you, um, A, worked in a mall, B, spent a lot of time in a mall, uh, maybe worked as mall security, and you can uh, you can throw in your two cents. Would love to hear from you on this, Mark, you were saying. Well, I, I when I have
1: a complaint with a business, and it happens now and then, I do try to call the business. Because rather than sitting there fuming, which is what I would have sure. done at one point in my life, I'd have been like, grr, I don't like this. This happened to me, and I'm upset about mm-hmm. it. Now, um, I get it off my chest. I call the manager. I try to stay cheerful. They didn't do it, whatever sure. it was. Um, and I call the manager, and I talk to them about what it is that's bothering me. Sometimes, if it's a restaurant, they'll give you a free meal. Uh, sometimes I take them up on it. Sometimes I don't. I- I'm not calling for the free meal. I'm calling to express my displeasure with the service. Mm-hmm. Usually, they want to hear it. Every once in a while, Absolutely. they don't. Th- they definitely want to At get which those point, market signals. I stop so, you know, then I know I want to stop doing business with it. If with they're a, rude, yeah. If if they if they don't want to hear my complaint, and they're the manager, you.
0: Yeah. I I totally agree with that, Mark. And there are a lot of people that are very. They're very timid about approaching management when there, is, when there is a problem. And it doesn't even have to be a big problem, necessarily. Um, you know, maybe I'll seem petty for this, but just to give you an example. Uh, no, I think Julia, you should
1: call on all, um, any complaint you have
0: in a business. Julia and I, and I totally agree with the way you want to approach it. You approach it as as though you're understanding that mistakes have been made. You to- please don't be rude with the management uh it's good to be nice cuz they appreciate it when you're nice about a problem. They really do. Mm-hmm. And you being nice about a problem will uh, more more than likely result in them giving you better service or making good in a more appropriate manner than they might with somebody who is rude. Sure, they so, want they
1: want to uh be good to a customer a customer that's going to come in and be
0: Nice, exactly. and pleasant to deal with. So there, we, Julia and I were out at some dinner recently, and they brought. Uh, we ordered a soda, an orange soda that was bottled, and it was something that was made um, for that particular business. And it was just weak, the weakest orange soda I'd ever just didn't like. drank It, it was just awful, and it was a two dollar soda, so it wasn't like you know. I mean, that was a good chunk of the bill. Uh, so I talked to the the waitress, and I said, Hey, you know, I was just very very nice about it, and I said. We didn't really like this soda, and you know we, we'd only had like a couple of sips of it, so obviously we didn't drink the whole thing, try to scam them or anything. And I said, would, you, would it be possible to maybe just take that off the bill? And she said, oh, no problem at all, and everything was friendly from then on out, and it was great. Just speak up if you've got a problem. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free, so enjoy those on us. And uh, those features, by the way, include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just go and download them right there from the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. The New Hampshire Liberty Forum's a proud history of supporting true, hard currency. At the first forum, Dr. Ron Paul called for the restoration of constitutional gold and silver. This January, Bernard von Nothaus, the monetary architect of the Liberty Dollar, will join Ron Paul at the 2008 Liberty Forum. Register now at org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and use the code 2008FTL to save 10%. That's 2008FTL, all one word. To save 10% on the Liberty Forum. Did I mention Free Talk Live will be in attendance, broadcasting live, as we did last year. And we're talking about maybe doing an extra show this time out. Uh, last time we did Friday and Saturday night. This time the uh, the ex- the excitement has expanded to Thursday night, so I'm thinking we should be there for that.
1: I, I agree that we should be there on Thursday night. Uh, it's our... Our big sponsor, SACL Cai, is going to be sponsoring the, uh, yeah, the cocktail get together party mm-hmm. that Thursday night, and I don't—I feel like uh, we really should be there for that. And I'm actually pleased Rub because elbows, schmooze, I that think that little thing.
0: cocktail thing actually starts before Free Talk Live, so we can go and actually hang out there for at least an hour or so before we. Does have that to mean go drunk people will be watching our show live? We love that. Oh, great. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> we don't mind. No, it'll be good. All right. 800-259-9231. We were talking about customer service uh, a few moments ago. And if you've got any stories you want to share about a bad experience that you had at, well, it doesn't matter where, restaurant, store, whatever, and how how well or how poorly you were handled, I'd be interested to hear uh, your stories on that one. I know Johnson has uh, suggested that I talk about uh, the Albertsons incident. Though I don't know if that's a good example, because I had to use Leverage on that one. I guess I'll talk about it. Did we ever name the? Did we ever name that store in the past? I don't know that you have. Well, but now we have. <laughs> Down in Florida, a couple years back. Uh, let's see. We were out. Johnson, a former co-host who called earlier. Johnson and my girlfriend at that time, Jackie, and I had gone to Albertson's to pick up some food. I think Jackie and I got like $75 worth of groceries. Johnson was buying a pack of cigars. And... I'm trying to recall the details here. Basically, we all went up to the checkout together, and Jackie had you know, put the groceries up there. All of it had been rung up, so $75 worth of groceries had been rung up, and then the cigars came out. At that point, the cashier asked all three of us for our identification. Now, this was the first time I had ever encountered something like this. Right, somebody's asking you for identification. You're not even buying anything. I was not buying the cigars, and I don't recall if it was a separate purchase or not. I think it might have been in the same purchase. In the same general vicinity, though. Now, he's saying I shouldn't talk about it. Well, Johnson should call in in case I get any of the facts wrong. But I'll let him call a second time on this one, because it's a good story. Anyway, the, the cigars came up. She cards everybody. And I was pretty surprised... And a little, bit, a little bit outraged by that. I, I didn't understand the reasoning for it. And so I inquired as to, you know, why is it you're asking for all of our identification? I'm not buying the cigars. Now, all of us were certainly of age. Wouldn't have been an issue, necessarily. Nobody was trying to scam the store. Mm-hmm. And she said that, you know, well, it's the rules. And I wanted to know if it, were, if it was the, the law or if it was just a, a store rule. And, uh, and, the- and and by the way that question
1: simply does not work because the person who is enforcing the rule whether it's a rule or a law or whatever doesn't know will likely say it's a law simply to uh voice the uh the uh, burden off of themselves hey look i'm just following the law here it worked for the it pretty much worked for the nazis in uh in nuremberg right well it didn't exactly but that's how people think Look, it's the law, and they don't know. They're not lawyers. Their boss told them to do it, and they don't know if it's the law or, or some company policy or what.
0: Right, so she wasn't really too sure, but the manager happened to be standing right there at that time, and Johnson's on the line with us again here. Johnson on the amp line. You there? Hey, yeah, I'm there. All right, am, yeah. I, uh, am I wrong on anything so far?
2: Uh, no, it sounds right so far. I mean, I, I, a little bit because I'm listening on the stream. So when I called in, I switched over. So I might have missed a little bit.
0: So um, so I'm up to the uh, point my, here. My concern is, before let me stop you a little bit,
2: uh, weren't you paid off to not talk about this?
0: No, I don't think, <laughs> and think so.
2: name the store? No,
0: I think I was just doing them the favor of, of not naming them in the past.
2: Uh, I thought you had discussed this with them and they gave you something like a couple hundred dollars worth of groceries.
0: Well, I was going to tell you. I was going to talk about what they did. Um, but but essentially the, the the rest of the story here is I asked the woman why, she said, well, it's the rules. And I said, well, is that a law or is it store policy? And that's when the manager, this was like at midnight, so the store was getting ready to close. Uh, and so that's when the manager who happened to be standing nearby uh, came up, and I don't recall if he specified if it was the law or store policy, but he essentially explained that the reason for it was so that there couldn't be kids – all together buying alcohol for one another, or that sort of thing. Right. Buying- like, you know, if, if uh, one one twenty-one
1: year old kid comes in, and then uh, he's got... His girlfriend and, and a couple other friends are all beneath the age of 21. You know, he just loads up a shopping cart full of beer, and he's got an ID that's good, and the rest, and, you know, it's it's clear and obvious that the, these kids are going to go have a party. That would prevent that. Not that I think there's anything wrong with 18-, 19-, 20-year-olds going to have a beer party any more right. than a 21-year-old. I don't see why they suddenly become more responsible.
5: So. Uh,
2: the part about the, you know, when you said, well, I think this policy is asinine. That's what
0: I was, that's what I was about to get to, because, because I said, well, wait, so that means that all they have to do is sit out in their car and send somebody in? Uh, you know, or what if, what if a woman is coming in with her, uh, you know, an adult woman is coming in with her 10-year-old? Are you going to refuse to sell to her because she's with somebody who's underage? And, I, and then I said, that's, excuse me, sir, but that's asinine. And that's when the manager blew up and he started yelling at me.
2: he—he, he, This is my favorite part because he shouts at Ian and he's like, don't swear in my store. You have yeah. no right to swear at her. And I had to chime at that point. And I went, um, asinine is a dictionary word, sir. It's not a swear. No. And it has nothing to do with one's posterior. And,
1: right. Um, it's like a donkey. <laughs>
2: no, no, it has nothing to do with that. Really? Yeah. That's totally separate. That is in regards to uh, a donkey. Uh, the, 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 you know, calling someone an ass is in relation to a donkey.
0: Right.
5: But
2: uh, asinine is a totally separate word. It has one
1: S.
0: Not too. <laughs> It's you You're right about that. Yeah, there's there's no uh, negative connotation to asinines. He's just uh, an idiot. Well, it says and, uh, as far as the etym- and etymology and as,
1: as yeah. far as Johnson as far as the etymology goes at uh, Merriam-Webster's m dash w dot com it says of or relating to an ass. Oh well, okay. Then so, so you're mistaken.
0: But anyway, yeah. it's still not I'll, a cuss I'll word. Be it has to do with a donkey. A donkey. That's correct. So, uh, so anyway, he started yelling and getting out of control, and at that point, he demanded that I leave the premises. And of course, it's their property. I and I made a comment to that much. I said, "It's your property. I Understand?" And I and I walked out. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I think uh, you and Jackie also left, both of your sales on the register, and and also walked out. So.
2: Unfortunately, at that point, I believe,
0: but Jackie, uh, Jackie left hers. That's right. So it was a $75 sale with all kinds of groceries, so, and they were about to close, so those guys had to go back and put all those groceries away as a yeah. result of their, their idiocy. And then, of course, uh, there is the rest of the story here, and I'll tell you that here in a few moments. 800-259-9231, because I was pretty ticked off uh, about that you know i have up until that point had enjoyed my shopping experiences there uh, till the manager decided to get smart with me and so i did contact management of that particular store and we can tell you a little bit more about what happened here in a few moments 800-259-9231 this is your show it is free talk live with your help we can spread the message of liberty around the world consider becoming a free talk live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com if you can't afford it keep enjoying us for free if you can spare the three, visit dot com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And, Mark, you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. Features for free. We've got a wiki there with over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and... You can get interactive and edit it to your heart's content. It's free, of course. Wiki.FreeTalkLive.com.
1: How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to FTLDiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's FTLDiscount.com. 800-259-9231.
0: 800-259-9231 we're talking a little bit of a customer service story uh what happened in uh, down in Sarasota where where we used to live it was close to midnight at a grocery store and they decided to card all three of my uh, myself and uh, Johnson and uh, my girlfriend at the time for trying to uh, when Johnson was trying to buy a uh, a pack of cigars. And it just took me by surprise. I was shocked that they would try to card everybody uh, when it was only one person who was doing the transaction. They claimed the reason was to prevent kids from buying stuff that they shouldn't be buying. Which, I can
1: course, tell you it would be a terrible experience for me if I happened to be buying my cigars uh, with my wife present at the uh, grocery store. If she had to show her ID... This woman never has to show her ID for anything. Really? Um, she, well, she doesn't really – she doesn't drink much, um, mm-hmm. and so she doesn't have to show it at bars. She's never probably ever bought tobacco products, so she would be prickly if she had to show us uh, an ID right, which while is I'm I buying felt. cigars.
0: Which is how I felt in uh, Johnson's back on the line, and I, I presume you were as upset as I were uh, was at that time.
2: Yeah, I was annoyed. I was – you know, it was – To tell you the truth, I was a little bit taken aback because you and Jackie reacted first, even though it was, I believe they were carting because of the cigars, right? Yes. And that was what it was, I mean, back when I smoked. Um, But, I mean, you guys sort of reacted first, and, uh, I mean, I just sort of, I wasn't even expecting it, and I I would have probably just ordinarily just showed my ID. I mean, to, to be honest, I just wouldn't have reacted. I would have been like, okay, not worth the hassle, whatever. But when you reacted... It was sort of like okay, I'm instantly behind this. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was sort of like, all right, somebody who's you know, it's sort of a in numbers kind of thing, um, just. It was it was sort of empowering and nice to have that happen.
0: I think it would have worked out okay had the manager not stepped in and been such a jerk. I mean, I would have probably have just said, well, I think that's asinine, yeah. and gone ahead and shown my ID at that point. But then he came in and told me <laughs> not to curse in his store, and that's when it just went off the deep end.
2: Yeah, he was – there was something – but you know, I think there was something – I don't know how he was manager, to tell you the truth. <laughs> there seemed to be something a little bit mentally off with that.
1: Well, I think uh, he probably thought he, he heard ass, and he thought that uh, no, he's just l- he an was going to come off the rails. Well, no, I don't, no, he heard no. asinine, I, I mean, and he's in an idiot. In...
2: I don't mean that particular instance. I sort of mean uh, the way he looked. You know, He was sort of unkempt. His shirt was sort of half untucked. He was sort of uh, had this. Sort of slouched to his shoulder and uh you know one of those deep furrows to his brow, and he sort of just the 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 whole cadence and way he spoke there just seemed to be something a little mentally off about this uh this. Fine store manager but the okay. reason
0: the reason why that wasn 't a good example of a uh, of an average customer service story is because I had to pull my media uh, credentials out in order to get anything to happen in that particular case because i I went up the chain and I ended up talking to one of the you know the top people at uh, in that particular grocery chain and essentially you know i had to point out that look i you know i'm on this radio show i'm going to get on and talk about how your customer service Which, is shoddy. if you I don't i was
2: actually kind of you know you you were being nice in that situation because i you know from what i recall i was egging you to talk about it on the radio just go ahead and talk about it on the radio and, and i was pushing you to do that and you were sort of of the mindset, giving them the well, let me give them the opportunity to make good.
0: Right, and they did.
2: I didn't even want you to give them that opportunity.
0: They made good in a fairly a fairly decent way, but I feel as though it wouldn't have happened had I not been on the radio. I feel like they would have just chucked me off as a uh, you know, another angry customer. That so could was just it get a policy or was it a law? Do you recall? I believe it's store policy. Yeah. Because I've seen it up here, too. Not a terrible policy. Uh, it's know. a stupid policy is what well,
1: it I is. Mean, it's, I guess policies are fine either way if you want to have them. The problem was the manager
0: just flipped. Yeah. And I still think it's a stupid policy because, again, if you insist on carting everybody when someone wants to buy alcohol, what about people with kids? What about people with teenagers, young teens with them? How are they going to know you're their mom and, you know, that uh, you're not just some adult that they've got buying alcohol and the thing for
2: them. Is, the thing that was really obvious is, of course, they don't do anything in those situations. Of course, they don't actually do anything in those situations.
0: Yeah, sure.
5: They
2: were only particularly doing that in this case, you know. They were the only particularly they, – they were singling out because it was the prejudices of that particular store clerk.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Anyway, it was uh, interesting the way it all uh, came out, and thanks for calling in on this, Johnson.
2: No problem. I feel like I should be talking slowly and uh, making fun of you uh, with every word out of my mouth, since it's been so long since you've actually let someone call in a second time.
0: Oh, thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. And let's go to the phone. Oh, we needed him. Christina's gone. I'm sorry about that. Didn't get to her in time. Uh, 800-259-9231. So whether you've got a uh, customer service story, maybe it's a nightmare story like that one was. It was just awful. Because... I wanted that seventy-five dollars in food. I really didn't want to leave that food there, but had to teach him a lesson, you know. Hey, well, there's grocery stores all over. There is, well, not not ones that are open till midnight. Not, That's most, true. Most grocery stores not that way, but here in uh, where we live, there's a 24-hour one, which is nice. But yeah, I've seen that policy since and. It's fine. If it's the store policy you know, that I've the, got to the, show, the the 24-hour one here in town. I don't understand
1: why most grocery stores don't do this. Cuz the 24-hour one here, you've got they've they've got to be there to do the stocking anyway. You've got to have crew. All sure. they're doing is employing somebody to go beep beep right. Beep beep. I mean surely there's enough people that roll through the store. There's enough profit to be had to pay somebody something like 8 9 dollars an hour to be there
0: because um, the way they used to do it down at uh, because I used to go to a cash and carry down in Florida several times I don't think they even exist anymore they've been bought out but they used to uh, run 24 hours, and the way it would work is the person who was running the register up front would also sort of be working the up front area. So in those times when things are so slow that there's no one at the register, you don't want to pay somebody to just stand there. So they're, you know, working on the aisles, and they're front and facing the, the things that are yeah, nearby. All kinds of things. So they just sort of have a zone that they work that's the front of the store, and they can keep an eye on things and check customers out when it's necessary. And it totally probably, makes sense. there's
1: probably paperwork to be done. I'm sure that the manager or whatever, whoever, you know, is pay- cashing out is likely the one who's handling that it just doesn't make any sense
0: yeah, not to it, have a 24 hour store to it, me it really doesn't um so anyway what i was asking though is if you've got a a, a hell story a nightmare a customer service nightmare from both sides if you you know if you've worked customer service and you've got just an awful customer you want to tell us about or uh the other way around awful yeah. customer service tell us about your cell phone story
1: <laughs> whatever are, you mean the cell phone company is the worst
0: you it's know, like I've never had mob. a problem. I've never uh, usually, it, and I've had uh, I've had Altel, I've had Verizon, I've had Sprint. Whenever I have an issue with the phone, I usually just bring it in. They swap me out with a new phone. It's not the, it doesn't the phones cost
1: themselves. It's it's when something goes wrong on your bill, when you're disputing a charge in your bill, or you know, oh, regular okay. phone company or or uh, the cell phone company. When there's some problem, mm. that's when it comes in. Like if you, you know you you go into Rome when you feel you shouldn't have been into Rome or something like that. Yeah, mine's like free that. roaming, so it's not yeah. an issue. Well, it, it, is, it, is, it is now, but it's been, right. you know, cell phones have been around for about a decade now, and uh, people, have, people have had more problems in the past than they do these days. So
0: whether it's customer service or whatever you want to talk about, we go to the phones and talk to, I think this is Angel in California listening on KCAA. Hello, Angel.
6: Hey, Ian, Mark, how's it going?
0: Good. Hey, I didn't uh, think your name was Angle. They misspelled it Angle. You're, you're not Angle, right? It's Angel. Uh, it is Angel. That's what I thought. All right, what's on your mind?
6: Uh, my alias is Angle. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, man, I wanted to update you guys on. I called in a little while back about um, my driver's license. All of a sudden, we're going to renew it recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been on held from North Carolina.
1: Right, because you were in the military, you uh, got a DUI on base from the, um, yeah. the military p- police there, and then somehow, you know, obviously the the state was it North Carolina? Uh, yeah, the, North Carolina. The state didn't have a record of it initially, but somehow got it with you know a couple, of few years later, and then starts to hold it against you.
6: Yeah, that's right. And uh,
0: and so you had to jump through all kinds of hoops in order to get everything back in line. still and
6: jumping, and the fees are just mounting and mounting. Today let's get an update
0: from you here in a moment. If you can hang through, we'll bring you back. 800-259-9231, the latest with Angel's uh, ID situation, driver's license situation. is just an absolute nightmare for him And we'll hear from you. I mean, you want to talk about bad customer service. There's plenty of it with government. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel's CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features there we give away. If you like the show, then you should go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Uh, so head on over there and take a look at all the different products we've got. Everything from our retro lounge shirt to hoodies to hats and more. Uh, head on over to store.freetalklive.com. Maybe buy some Free Talk Live gear for a friend or a loved one who also uh, likes the show. Good excuse to buy stuff for holidays. Uh, Free Talk Live stores at store. dot 259 dot com. eight uh, hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Wow and amaze your techie friends with a new zero blaster. It shoots smoke rings up to twelve feet. You want to talk about a perfect gift for anyone who likes neat stuff? Get your blaster at zerotoys. dot com. That's zerotoys. dot com. As we go back to Angel listening on KCAA out in California. Now, Angel, when you'd called in before, you told us just this absolute government horror story uh we've been talking about uh, customer service stories all hour long here you want to talk about bad customer service the dmv is about as bad as it can get Ooh-wee. and uh just to recap your situation you had gotten a dui and it was on base a military dui i guess down in uh in yeah, June, north, yeah, carolina. North, north carolina and you would thought you'd taken care of it right
6: I did. did Actually, you know, the the Marine Corps is not one place to let you out with um, stuff not rectified, you know. So you
0: did take care of it, and what happened was the bureaucrats dropped the ball. Somehow it didn't get noted in the system, and it came back to bite you. How long was it between when you got the DUI and when it came back to bite you recently?
6: Um, Thirteen years. Wow. (laughs) uh, You know, the sad thing is I've renewed my license several times since (laughs) exiting the military, but... Since um, recently, all the computer systems have been integrated throughout the country. I I guess. I see. Yeah, and all kinds of stuff is coming back up, you know. And I've tried to tell them before. Does it kind of sound like this, where if they outlawed alcohol tomorrow, would they go back and arrest the people who drank yesterday? That's That's how I feel has happened with this whole situation.
0: So um, so now what was it that we, they basically told you that you could not drive or your license was suspended as a result of what happened in North Carolina that you had taken care of but, again, didn't make it into the system? And what were they telling you you had to do in order to get everything in order again?
6: Well, see. I tried to call Quantico, Virginia, and even Camp Lejeune to go to my personnel records and find where I completed this um, w- one-week course, which accumulated about 16 hours, um, to find that, so I can send that back into them. I needed to get them the information to show that I took this course. Sure. Right. Okay. Nobody had it, Quantico, Virginia. Nobody had any of my files. I didn't. I don't even have the file. I don't know what what had happened to it. Um, but I took the I took the damn class, you know.
5: Hmm.
6: Um, so I'm trying to get help from the con- from the congressman here, Ken Calvert in Riverside, and Assemblyman, the VA, anybody, but. Nobody, everybody's pointing fingers in different directions and which way to go. So I decided. <laughs> that's how to it is with government
1: things bureaucracies things. every single time. I'm
0: sorry, that's not my department. Let's, uh, I'll send exactly. you over here. You can try them.
6: God, have I heard that so many times in the last two months. Yep. But so I said, you know, I just got to get my damn license, you know. Um. So I I got to go to an assessment, get assessed for alcohol. Okay, that was a hundred <laughs> bucks. He, he, uh, we sit down with him. He says, um, yeah, that happened 13 years ago. You know, you're you're a pretty sober guy today and this and that. I'm going to recommend that you take no course, and I'll send that back to North Carolina. So I'm thinking, oh, sweet deal. So well, he sends it back over there, and I call North Carolina, and they say that, uh, uh I don't think so. We need some type of paperwork. A minimum 16-hour course must be taken. Um, well, at
0: least they didn't make you take it in North Carolina. <laughs>
6: No, I don't want to go back to that huge trailer park again. <laughs> um, so then I, I have to pay another two sixty to some company out there that's state licensed to um, mm-hmm. go through and find your find your information again. Two
1: hundred and sixty dollars to, to search for this, ca- this class that you took. Likely yeah, at, at that price, it, that that would be taking the class again.
6: Yeah, yeah. So I still got to take the class. So then it's going to be another one hundred seventy nine dollars for the class.
0: Wait, wait. wait. What was the two sixty for? I missed that.
6: The two sixty. It was to a company called Costran. They are licensed through the state of North Carolina. To, well, what they do is I got to send all my information saying I took my course and this and that, and then they will send the paperwork over to DMV saying okay. So they they want to collect two sixty to say okay. You know. So that
0: they're I, sort of de- they're dealing with the DMV for you is basically what they they're.
6: Yeah, they're they're in North Carolina. They deal with the DMV. Um,
0: why couldn't you just deal with them yourself? Is it just I asked to...
6: them that too today, um, to talking to the DMV, and they said that it's just not. That's why they contract out to these companies who are licensed. I don't know. I think they're just. A little a
5: way to
0: it's their a, money. Yeah, it's <laughs> a scam. It's a hustle. Yeah, it's a scam. They're they're business buddies, and uh, they've got a sweet co- government contract. Right. Not saying that you have any choice, but it, it basically it's a hustle.
6: Right, you know, and and no no wonder why twenty five percent of the homeless are veterans these days because um this is just crap stuff and not even the VA wants to get involved and in help me on this and um I'm just I'm just sinking. Yeah, by why the day. should they?
0: They've got no obligation to help you out. Yeah, they're the like- hell do they care?
6: God bless America. God. So
0: you pay two sixty to have this intermediary pass the paperwork on. Once you finally pay one hundred and seventy nine to actually take a class all over again that you've already taken. Um, so this intermediary basically certifies that the class you took in California was okay uh, and qualifies you for the uh, the deal in North Carolina. Have you taken the class yet? Or are you still waiting on that?
6: No, I I, uh, I scheduled that all today, but I had to go back to the assessor so he can. I can give him another hundred and thirty-eight dollars, so he can write down that yes, I should take the sixteen-week, the so, sixteen-hour course.
1: Would you describe yourself as a rich man? Can you afford this kind of hundreds of hundreds of dollars here, hundreds of dollars there?
6: <laughs> yeah, no, not even close, man. Mm-hmm. I can't. Uh, uh, no, not even close. You know, and, I can't and, the, and this. the
1: charges don't change if you were. You know, if you were Richard Gere, it wouldn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the
0: same prices. And this is – it's really – it's just a regressive tax on the poor. And, you know, what's yeah. their excuse here? Their, their excuse is they're trying to protect people from drunken drivers with all this bureaucracy and mandates and mandatory classes and fees and, you know, hoops that you have to jump through. It's absolutely nuts. The yeah, fact is –
6: They this, this, because –
0: Sorry. I was just going to say, this doesn't do a damn thing to keep drunk drivers off the road. This is just bureaucracy and filling their coffers full of your money. That's all this is. Uh, and the, the only thing they do is they just put the, you know, we're protecting you label on it to make it look like they're doing something good. This is just nonsense.
6: Yeah, they asked me to go see an assessor and get assessed on my alcohol abuse. He says that I'm fine, I don't need to take classes, and then they say no to it. Forget <laughs> it. Oh, yeah, oh, who cares? Well, money.
0: no means more money, right, for them.
6: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I hate Oh
0: gosh, do, Angel! I'm so sorry to hear about your story, and I'm sure you'll keep us. Uh, again, you you uh, you've scheduled the class, so you still have more hoops to jump through. Once you're done with the class, then you send it to that uh, that that intermediary. They send it on to North Carolina. That should alleviate your North Carolina issues, right? That
6: should put the hold, you know, take the hold off of my California driver's license.
0: And that would end it. Uh,
6: yeah, I'm gonna have to miss work hours of you know some hours of work to go sit two hours um, a, a day, you know, for three times a week to get this thing settled as soon as it can. And, yeah, like I said, I, I can't afford to do any of this stuff, but it's going to have to come out of my ass somewhere.
0: Well, Angel, good luck, and uh, thank you for keeping us informed on this, and we appreciate the call and the story. Uh, it's All certainly right, something that. Okay. Thank you, good sir. <clears throat> 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to government... There it's, is no customer service. Right, there, there isn't, because you're not a customer. You're well, a slave. I mean, look, he even jumped through the hoop and showed them, look, this expert that I, you know, this expert that you guys supposedly have some level of respect for says I'm not a problem and this is, uh, I'm clear and my driver's history is, is okay and I'm not an alcoholic and this should just go away. Then they say, no, nah, you know, that wouldn't make it so we get our money. So you're going to have to go and jump through these hoops anyway. Because we can make you, because we've got the guns, and if you don't have your car, you can't get to work, so we got you where we want you. Tough. It's really like dealing with the mafia. really is. It's like dealing with a, a gang of criminals, because there really isn't that much difference between the government and a gang of criminals. The only real difference is the government's managed to fool everybody into thinking they're not a gang of criminals. They've done a brilliant public relations job to cover it all up to cover up the violence to cover up the coercion and to make it look like they're making Angel jump through all these hoops because he's a danger to society he could go out there and drink and get behind the wheel and if we don't have him pass all these tests and pay all these fines then he could you know paying all those fines would drive me
1: to drink right he did it 13 he did it 13 years ago i mean forget about it there's no reason to 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 have uh, revoked his license ...from something that happened 13 years ago when he's had several licenses up... ...you know, he's he's been licensed up to this point. It's
0: ludicrous. Can you imagine what a former alcoholic might do if he'd been clean for 10 years... ...and then all of a sudden lost his job and had to jump through all these hoops... ...because he couldn't get to work uh, anymore, having to deal with the government... ...that just doesn't care and could give a damn about him? It could could be a bad situation for him. Not going to be good. Hour 3 is on the way. Still to talk... uh, We still have to talk about the Dutch. They're banning hallucinogenic mushrooms. Do you think that's a good idea? We'll explain, and we'll talk about it with you, about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the Sakels CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. As we launch an hour number three of the program, bring up anything, uh, we go uh, to the world of the Dutch. The Netherlands, in fact. To an AP story, I believe. Uh yep, the Netherlands apparently is going to be banning the sale of hallucinogenic mushrooms. Now this is the same country that was so innovative as to be one of the the leaders in actually decriminalizing marijuana for re, uh, for recreational use. So you'd think they'd get it in regards to uh the the whole drug war thing. Well, they're
1: it- currently legal. Psilocybin mushrooms are
0: currently legal there, right? Well, they they're announcing they're banning them now. Well, they yeah. they were uh, let's say they a were year illegal. ago they were legal. Right. Why is it that they've decided that it's a good idea to ban psilocybic mushrooms? Your, it's your typical government excuse to uh, to make a new law. Something happened to one person, and so now we must prevent you from uh, using these in, in a legal manner. Well,
1: if if that was the case, then uh, you better watch out for the statin drugs that they use to lower cholesterol. That uh, <laughs> the the, the uh, Pharmaceutical companies give out. I mean, something happens all the time with those. They kill people.
0: Well, here's what uh, what happened here. The government announced uh, Friday rolling back one element of the country's permissive drug policy after a teenager on a school visit jumped to her death after taking the fungus. The decision will go into effect within several months, said their Justice Ministry spokes bureaucrat. B- before you go any farther, what if
1: this had been a teenager that was drinking too much alcohol that jumped to her death?
0: Has that ever w- happened?
1: Yeah. Would we outlaw alcohol as a result? Lovely question. I think that'd be asinine, personally. Yeah, it would be dumb. But this is how people have to think about it, is these, these things are best related to one of two drugs, depending on what the situation is. Either alcohol or tobacco can always, almost always be related to um, any illegal drug. That's and a great point. you have to ask yourself these questions. Um, when it comes to addiction, ask the question from the, uh, the tobacco standpoint. And when it comes to effects. You know, um, mind-altering and effects, ask yourself the question from an alcohol standpoint. Right. I mean, alcohol... If Nothing you more drink, dangerous than that stuff.
0: It really is incredibly dangerous. If you drink enough, you get to a point where you don't know what you're doing. Right. Talk about mind-altering.
1: You don't think alcohol is mind altering? I mean forget marijuana. Marijuana cannot be as
0: mind altering as alcohol. Nobody just, on it, high on marijuana any, will jump off a building unless they specifically want to kill themselves. But you know the uh, the no one alcohol? Ever thinks, I can fly. Drink a got... fifth
1: of that stuff. Tell me your mind isn't altered.
0: You can <laughs> barely function. Well, uh, according to the bureaucrat, he says the problem with mushrooms is their effect is unpredictable, he said, and shops caught selling them will be closed. Marijuana and hashish are technically illegal in, in the Netherlands, but police don't bother to prosecute people for possession of small amounts. And it is openly sold in designated cafes. Possession of hard drugs like cocaine, LSD and ecstasy is illegal and mushrooms will fall somewhere in the middle. He says, we're not talking about a non-prosecution policy, but we will be targeting sellers. Psilocybin, the main active chemical in the mushrooms, has been illegal under international law since 1971. And it's conjectured that this is what caused abstract thought in uh, the, the primates that
1: later became humans. Uh, really? There's, there's a theory out there that psilocybin... This I've not heard. Uh, that, um, yeah, it's, it, it's out there. Psilocybin mushroom is uh, caused a jump in evolution in mm. the human brain. I wow. Mean, Obviously, you you find some mushrooms growing in uh, some uh, yak dung out mm-hmm. there in the savannah of uh, of Africa, and they, they'd eat anything at that point, so they did. Kids, don't try this at home.
0: Yeah, you <laughs> don't. <laughs> just go eating mushrooms that you find anywhere. Yeah, where. there's some very, very dangerous mushrooms out there. In fact, psilocybin itself is a poison. I mean, this is poison. You're ingesting poison, and you're getting hallucinations That's as kind of resolve. what intoxicated means. That's true. Intoxicated. Good point. Uh, yeah, you can poison yourself with alcohol, too. Yep, it's just po- it's just killing yourself a little bit. Anyway, however, fresh unprocessed mushrooms continue to be sold legally in the Netherlands along with herbal medicines and so-called smart shops on the theory that it was impossible to determine how much of the naturally occurring substance any given mushroom contains. The bureaucrat said that was that was also the reason the system proved unworkable. He says it's impossible to estimate what amount will have what effect. Calls for a reevaluation arose after a 17-year-old visiting from France jumped from a building in Amsterdam in March after eating psychedelic mushrooms. Her parents blamed their daughter's death on on hallucinations brought on by the mushrooms, though the teenager had suffered from psychiatric problems in the past. Photographs of her youthful face were splashed across newspapers around the country. And how many times has this happened, where a kid who has issues Mm. will take hard drugs do something drastic, whether they kill themselves or harm another person or whatever their issue is, uh, you know, kill themselves, and then everybody says, oh, well, it's the, the drug's fault. Eh, well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. It's the kids' fault, okay? They're the ones that took the drug in the first place. They're the ones with the issues. And no one should ever be taking drugs like this if they have severe <laughs> severe mental problems. I think you, if you're going to consider doing mushrooms or LSD or something like that, and the fact is people do consider doing these things, if you're going to consider it, Please be in a healthy mental state. Do not have just checked out of a, you know, uh, a clinic or something like that for having issues that you've been having to deal with. If you're having, you know, crazy thoughts, stay away, okay? Now, obviously, this girl knew I'll, I'll she had you, problems. She did it anyway. Likely,
1: your your life's gonna go better if you don't try some of these harder drugs, the, especially the the psychedelic stuff and and all that that sort of thing. But you can't deny that some people are going to do them, mm-hmm. and it seems to me that uh, probably a larger percentage of the people that have mental problems try to drug themselves with things right. like this. And I, I just to to punish the whole population. And, and really, it is punishing the whole population. Right. I don't mean the people that decide they want to do drugs. I mean the whole population, because in order to stop people from doing drugs or attempt to stop people from doing drugs... You've got to crack down. You've got to crack down. You've got to put people in jail. Who's going to pay for it? Look, I'm not doing LSD. I don't want to put people who are doing LSD in prison. I'm not doing psilocybin mushrooms, right. and I don't want to pay to lock them up. But they're taking my taxes to do it. And if I refuse to pay my taxes based on the fact that they're locking up people I don't want to lock up, they'll take
0: my house away. Yeah. uh, And by the way, I'd like to just point out that from the people that I've known, and I've known a number of drug users in my life, all of the stories I've ever heard about mushrooms, relatively benign. Like. They usually talk about how it makes them, you know, they go walk around, makes them feel like they're back to nature. Yeah, I
1: have heard. Uh, I, I've heard positive it's things about mushrooms. Very and earthy. There's,
0: there's some. Uh, if, if you want
1: to read what these experiences are like, um, you could read about it at uh, arrowid arrowid but, Yeah, they, they excellent will, website. That's where people can go and give their experiences, both positive and, and negative. negative, and in the middle of the road. It, too. It's it's not a bunch of this uh, ONDCP the organization. propaganda. There's yeah, no propaganda. There's, there's, there's none of that. What the people people are giving their experiences and what it's like.
0: So, um, of course, it could be dangerous to some people in certain circumstances, but all of the, the reviews, if you will, that per- I've personally encountered have been very glowing in regards to mushrooms. Uh, people have really enjoyed their experiences with them, and uh, they aren't considered as hard as, uh, as some other drugs, as other hallucinogens, like an LSD or, or something like that. It's supposed to be more of a, a natural experience, but at the same time, you do need to understand you are poisoning yourself. You are taking a dose of psilocybin that there's, you know, there's no way to measure it necessarily, uh, which, of course, is a reason to have this in the legal market, because you could, you could have psilocybin manufactured without even having to eat a mushroom. I mean, from what I understand, these aren't the most pleasant things to put in your mouth. Well, I mean, well, they, it's they'd not have, like they have not something
1: like, more pleasant and something safer.
0: Yeah. Like, likely, if we, if we instead of
1: uh, Amsterdam having it as this sort of gray market thing where they, the police don't come out and arrest... Uh, stores for selling it instead just decriminalize it just go ahead and decriminalize it then people can you know they, they can manufacture things that are safer for people it's you know it, it's just it's silly there the government the, creates the problem then tries to solve it with right.
0: more laws there are all the reasons in the world to make these products available in the marketplace without police persecution and without any government laws surrounding their sale that's the sensible approach and, you know, certainly people are going to make mistakes. They make mistakes with alcohol. Nobody's calling for that to be banned, although I guess there are still some prohibitionists out there, just crazies. Uh, and it's just, it's, they're nasty, from what I understand. Taking these things, most people don't want to do it. The, the, the worst stories I've ever heard personally are that it's just gross. Like, you've got you've to try to disguise the taste, because you're eating poison, right? It's not like uh, eating a nice mushroom that you've ordered at a restaurant, This is disgusting. And you sort of have to shove it down your throat or make it into a tea of some sort. And it's always. You know, the worst stories I've ever heard are people puking because it's just so bad. It doesn't Mm -hmm. sit well with you and it's poison in your stomach. And anyway, more on the way. You can take control. Got any stories you want to share? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Sankles CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, including the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You will know first if you're on the updates list at updates dot freetalklive dot com and I know a a pretty uh, interesting update is going to be coming out this weekend. I probably shouldn't say more about that, but you should be on the list updates.freetalklive.com Your mattress was likely manufactured
1: using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it should, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com.
0: 800-259-9231 talking about the Netherlands and how they are apparently going to make hallucinogenic mushrooms illegal. Uh, they've sort of existed in a legal netherworld, not necessarily... Uh, they weren't really legal, but they weren't really illegal. I guess they were sort of decriminalized. Just them, yeah. yeah, they were just sort of ignored. And now, after a 17-year-old French tourist has jumped to her death from the top of a building in Amsterdam earlier this year, they've decided that that's it! We've had it with these years and years of people taking mushrooms safely in Amsterdam, and we're now going to make it so they're outlawed! Well... Since Karaf's death, other dramatic stories involving mushrooms have been reported in the Dutch press. A British tourist ran amuck in a hotel, breaking his window and slicing his hand badly. An Icelandic tourist thought he was being chased and jumped from a balcony, breaking both of his legs. And Now, there's no guarantee that these were psilocybic mushrooms that these people took.
1: Well, they might have claimed they, t- they took them. That they only took psilocybic mushrooms. Um, You know, sure. the, the problem is, is you never know what it is that these people have done. There's no way to uh, be certain of it. And yeah, probably there are people
0: that have had bad reactions on mushrooms. Sure. But like a man who uh, from uh, a Dane who drove his wi- car wildly through a campground, narrowly missing people sleeping in their tents. How many drunk drivers have do, done exactly. the same thing? <laughs> Nobody's going to outlaw alcohol, and the uh, the mushrooms are taking the hit here, and it's just not fair. Uh, Chloe Collette, owner of the Full Moon Smart Shop in Amsterdam, says it's a shame. The media really blew this up into a big issue. She says all the incidents had involved the use of multiple drugs against the advice of the sellers, but it was the mushrooms that were blamed used in the right way, she says there's no problem with mushrooms. The biggest problem is with alcohol, in my opinion. Most of mushrooms sold in Amsterdam are sold to tourists, and the city's liberal drug policies and legalized prostitution are major tourist attractions. Though, I should point out that if everywhere went ahead and legalized prostitution, nobody would have to go to Amsterdam anymore right, for it. Right, and
1: that's another problem that Amsterdam has, is they have the... A
0: concentration. Uh, right,
1: they have the prostitution tourism, they have the drug tourism. People want to go there to be able to take uh, mushrooms, or at one point take mushrooms uh, legally, mm-hmm. and to smoke marijuana, you know, semi-legally, whatever it is, uh, to the point that they're not going to be bothered. Right? They realize that uh, Amsterdam is also very lax on things like heroin and and harder drugs, so they go there for it's that. It's The drug city. If it was, if other dr- other cities would um out, would not have it outlawed, would re-legalize drugs, then.
0: Well, it, people wouldn't congregate. You wouldn't have all these problems, right, in Amsterdam. Yep, and the fact is that even though drugs are illegal, it doesn't stop people from using them. So there can, there can be somebody careening through your streets in your city right now, high on all kinds of things, and you'll never know after the fact, after they've uh, you know caused an accident or whatever, if they right. get out of it. They're not going to be honest with you. Well, yeah, I smoked some meth and then snorted some coke, and then I uh, did this and that, and... You know, the fact is, there are people out there doing these things, regardless of the legal status of these products.
1: Right. If they drank alcohol, smoked pot, and then took the psilocybin mushrooms, what is going to give the, get them in tr- uh, What what is going to hit the news? The psilocybin mushrooms are. Yep. And the thing about it is, is so many people from all over Europe and all over the world go to Amsterdam that uh, these news stories can't be centered in one place. You can't really say, oh, it's one town that's having all this trouble. You have to sort of spread it out all over Europe because. Those are the people
0: that are going there to that one town to use legally. Right. And here's what one of the uh, mushroom experts had to say. Murat- Kosuksen, whose farm Procare supplies about half the psychedelic mushrooms on the Dutch market, he said he stood to lose several million euros invested in setting up his legal growing facilities. Mm. He predicted the trade will move underground, prices will rise. What else? Where else would it go? And Are people going to stop using psilocybic mushrooms just because some dumb bureau- bureaucrat right. said, oh, you can't do that anymore, it's bad. And I love what he has to say here. He says that prices will go up, dealers will start selling dried mushrooms, or LSD as a substitute, right. with no guidance for tourists. So he says, you'll have a rise in incidents, but they won't be recorded as mushroom related, and the politicians can declare victory. I mean, after all, that's what it's all about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. politicians and their political posturing so right. they can get
1: elected again. Likely, um, some of these people who had these incidents uh, were using LSD and said they had used mushrooms mm. in order to cover up the illegality of what they were doing. Possibly. It's, it's quite possible. They were afraid of getting charged. Right. They, they would think, well, let's see, LSD is more illegal than mushrooms is. I'll blame it on mushrooms. Right. It could have been
0: PCP or anything. Sure. You don't know. 800-259-9231. If you've got a story you want to share, we'd love to hear from you. Let's go to the phones, and you can bring up anything, as always. Jeremy in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy.
7: Hey, guys. Pleasure to talk with you again tonight. Yes,
0: sir. What's on your mind?
7: Um. Well, first of all, the war on drugs is pretty much illegal anyway. I mean, because did you – well, let me go back for a second. Did you hear about the jet that crashed, the Getmo jet that crashed at the Yucatan
1: Yucatan Peninsula 3 days ago? The the Getmo jet?
7: Yeah, the Get the one that hauls uh you know, the torture jet.
1: Yeah, but whatever. why is it going over Mexico? Well, it's not
0: No, that far- I guess I didn't. I'd like to It make was that loaded clip. with cocaine, wasn't it?
7: It was loaded with cocaine, the CIA jet.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I it's sort of okay, caught wind of that man. story. Yeah, I didn't really see too much about it, but uh not surprising.
7: Yeah, but and and anyway, other than that, you know, um we all know how it's all bogus and they're the ones their war on drugs is a bunch of crap. Man.
0: Yeah.
1: How many uh, now you're uh, right, it's you only know, a war man, on man. it's only a war on drugs when somebody who doesn't work for the government is selling
0: them. Here's what I want to know. Jeremy, you are somebody who goes to the Rainbow Family um, gatherings out in uh, the National forests and that sort of thing with a lot of people that might be described as hippies um, who would, in in my, as my understanding, many of them are users of hallucinogenic mushrooms. How many people have, uh, oh, I don't know, climbed up a tree and jumped out of it because they were high on mushrooms? I mean, how many... You've been around a lot of mushroom use, I'm sure. How much real damage have you seen as a result of this drug?
7: Well, I mean... Not not really that much, I mean, compared to like you're saying, like alcoholism
0: and drunk driving,
7: really, I mean, one of the main suggestions um, that I had when I was traveling with them was, and they already knew this, was to don't drive, stay in the woods, or stay around some people you trust and know if you do them, and Stuff like that. Just don't go out to a bar and start eating mushrooms.
0: Yeah, mm. absolutely right. And, Jeremy, thank you for the call and, and sharing that with us. Yeah. Because it goes back to what the dealer was saying, the mushroom dealer in, uh, in the Netherlands, pointing out that when these things are on the legal market, buyers can be given information with them. Here, you're buying this mushroom. Take this brochure. Read it over so you can understand the safest way to take this drug. It's called harm reduction, and it makes sense. And they can help because we know that people are going to take them, so let's help educate them on the best way to keep safe while doing them. In the black market, the black market dealers could give a flip how you take it. They just want your money. More on the way, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free number 800-259-9231, the Stakeholds CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version both waiting for you at freetalklive.com. Enjoy those on us. And SACL's CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359 for SACL CAI. Uh, let's continue here with your phone calls and... And go to Mark in Missouri. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live.
8: Hey, gentlemen, nice hey. to talk to you. I love your show, man. Good to have it's you here, yes, Thanks, Mark.
0: Talks. What's on your mind, sir? uh
8: I had a bad trip once on some mushrooms.
0: Well, what happened?
8: Well, I did them in a cup of coffee, and uh, I ended up waking up in the middle of a four-way intersection with a, a truck honking its horn on me.
0: How many did so you I have? Woke
8: up, oh, I think it was a quarter ounce and a. Couple of really strong Java.
0: Now, mm. is that about the standard dose? I don't know a lot about taking. I don't know. It
8: was the only time I ever did it, man.
0: Man, were yeah. you alone? I was. Ooh, that's a big in mistake. The middle of nowhere. That's a mistake. You'd never want to do uh, hallucinogens alone. Actually, the best way to do them is with a, a sitter. sitter. Yeah. To have someone who actually isn't uh, high on anything. But even to have someone else with you would simple would would have helped a lot. I'll tell
8: you what, I'll never forget it. That's for sure.
0: Wow, you came to in the middle of an intersection.
8: Oh, yeah, right in the middle of a four-way intersection, there was a truck right over top me—a big, fat red Chevy.
1: Yeah, you know it's good that you shared this because but that ain't
8: nothing. I uh, there's got people run out there that, that can four. benefit
1: from that sh- that uh, sort of share. Go ahead.
8: And I said that ain't nothing. I got run over by a car when I was four. and I, I've been shot a couple times and I drowned twice. I've been shocked by lightning. I broke good heavens! Over Forty bones.
1: You've had it rough, did you? Uh, any any of these have to do with drugs or alcohol? Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> most
8: recently, uh, woke up in a coma from a. Uh, an intersection. I got uh, beaten the head with a Louisville Slugger.
1: Jeez,
0: what were you why doing? The, why? why?
8: <laughs> well, just because I'm a nice guy and people don't like nice guys, you know.
0: Mm. What do you? Uh, now wait a minute. A why would somebody <laughs> attack you with a Louisville Slugger? What was that over?
8: Well, he didn't like my sister. And They got a divorce, and uh, he stopped behind me in a truck and said he was going to kick my butt, and I wasn't going to let that happen.
0: You didn't like oh, the sound my of that. Goodness. So, when, I'm curious, coma. when you woke up, came to, in the middle of the intersection, uh, looking at a truck honking his horn in front of you, were you standing up?
8: No, I was laying flat on my back, brother.
0: Wow. How long do you think you'd been there?
8: You know, I really don't know. him. Yeah, I think it was early morning hours, and it Jeez. was like uh 10, 11 o'clock at night when I did them. So, you know, I must have been out five, six, seven hours.
0: He what must is, have wandered to the road, too, right? I and mean, you were probably still high when you came, too, right? I mean, you did you? did what did you do? No, I don't and, remember.
8: I, it was such a shock. It was, like, traumatic. You could have been running control, flat man. over. It was awful. So hmm.
0: you get up and go home? What did you do at that point?
8: Oh, I did. I went directly home. No doubt oh, about
0: it. Talk about scary. Thanks for sharing, man, and we appreciate your phone call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So there you go. I mean, certainly uh, there are some tips that people need to know about. We mentioned harm reduction earlier. We talked about how if these things were available in the legal market, you'd be able to get good information along with them instead of just you know hearing through the grapevine that hey, I heard mushrooms are pretty good. Oh well, here, have some of these. Okay, and then you go home, take them all by yourself. Ooh, that's not good.
1: Well, you know, um, I don't know that you wouldn't be able to stop everything. Some things would go wrong. Certainly. But, uh, for, see, I worked at I worked at a magazine for a couple of years, and one of the reporters, this kid who's graduated college, mm-hmm. uh, you know, well into his career as a magazine reporter, you know, um, he had worked for a, a newspaper and a magazine at that point. This is not some schlub. Um, had gotten, gone out drinking for the evening and uh, gone home. He was uh, sitting. He wanted some privacy from his roommate, so he went outside with his cell phone and was talking to his girlfriend on the cell phone. And um, you know, drunk as he could possibly be, right. fell asleep behind. Uh, you know, leaning against his neighbor's car. His neighbor comes out to go to work at four o'clock uh, in the morning, backs out over him and kills him. Oh my goodness! And that's alcohol. It's legal. And things are going to happen to people that want to alter sure. their states. And it, it really doesn't matter what substance it is, it, you know, it's not going to stop them. People want to do this.
0: Absolutely. I'm sorry. I want to point out. I wish they didn't. That there are some, um, again, there are some legal drugs uh, that are out there. Salvia, for instance, is a very, can be a very powerful hallucinogenic drug. It's legal right now, but it's likely
1: to not be legal much longer.
0: I I, I think there are are certainly some state legislatures, and I'm sure the feds are looking at uh, making it a Schedule 1 or 2 or something like that Mm -hmm. and making it illegal. But for now, it is legal, and it has been legal up until this point. Uh, It's not going to give you a four-hour trip like something else might have, LSD or mushrooms, but you are going to get high for five or ten minutes, and you're going, from what I understand... Very high for five or ten minutes. I've never gotten to this point with it. I have experimented a bit with salvia. I've never gotten to this, but apparently it's not very hard to get there. I just, for whatever reason, haven't done it quite right, Um, and... I, from what I understand, there have been some pretty dangerous situations. People have managed to put themselves in, even within that five in or ten five minutes. minutes. I mean, if you're uh, if you're up on a second story and you decide to jump out the window, then you've done some you're serious talking, damage. And you're talking about teenagers, some of the dumbest creatures on the entire <laughs> planet.
1: I can remember being a teenager, and do you know what huffing is? Uh, there's you know there uh, things like I can't remember what they called this, but there's some little uh, little cleaning. Uh, solution that you could uh, buy in head shops back in the 80s, Ugh. and it was uh, uh, it was like whippets. Um, right. do, do you have any idea what, what, what the terms I'm using I know here? what a whip
0: is. A whippet is where you take a hit off of, uh, was it a CO? Is it uh, not CO2? it's Laughing it. gas. Nitrous oxide. Nitrous from, oxide um, that's from what uh, it
1: is. The, the whipped cream. This was yeah. something like it, and uh, this stuff they used to sell in, uh, you know, it was like ether or something like that, and they used to sell it at the head shops. And if you took a little whiff off, um, off of it for like 10 or 15 or 20 seconds, you'd be really, 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 really messed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, t- you're just not functioning properly at all. I, we used to, I remember my friend used to do that when we were driving, and I'd grab oh the wheel. Oh, my Isn't this fun? I'd grab the wheel. He's like, rrr, rrr. I mean, that's how messed up you are. Wow! Silly, silly. Silly stuff. And these are the the dumbest creatures on the planet. They are going to get themselves into some silly situations. Sure. I'm sorry. I wish it weren't so.
0: Um, but... Putting them in jail isn't going to solve anything. Hell no, it's not. It's just going to make their life worse. It's going to give them a conviction. It's going to make it harder for them to get a job into the future. And if it's more difficult to live your life as a result of having a drug conviction, you're more likely to be depressed and thereby more likely to drink yourself or uh, into a stupor or take even more or worse drugs on into the, to your future. So really, putting someone on the path towards the justice system for taking drugs is just a path, uh, just furthering their path to destruction, mm. and you know, going back to what your story was about the kids doing what amounts to hallucinogens while driving, I mean, you want to talk about I mean there's not even any common sense being exercised there. The, the fact Zero. is, if we were to have real drug education where kids could really learn about the effects of drugs and, and you know get honest information, not just this government just say no. Oh, don't do drugs. Right, it's that's, bad. That's going to solve something. Look, here's your brain, it's on drugs and the stupid imagery and symbology. Uh what we really need is real honest information and given it given to the kids in a in a way that they can understand and grasp and, t- and take seriously. I understand that kids aren't going to want to take everything seriously, but I think that the, there could be a way to adjust the uh, the anti-drug programs in in America to be more based on harm reduction and based on honest information and really educating people than just yelling at them and demanding that they not do things because when you tell kids not to do something what do they do i mean come on this is this is the first thing you learn as a parent right reverse psychology you don't tell a kid not to do something they're going to want to know what they're missing out on yep they're going to want to know what the forbidden some, fruit is all some about some
1: are some aren't some 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 teenagers can definitely learn from other people's mistakes.
0: But I'll tell you, a lot of them simply cannot. You know, if anything, if anything, Mark, we're better off today because we have the Internet and great websites like arrowid.org where kids can actually go and do their own research and learn more about it. But I wish it came from a different source. I wish it came from parents. I wish it came from people that actually cared about the kids. Well, a lot of
1: parents are completely um, unable to educate their kids on drugs. They just don't, they don't know, know anything. Yeah. Um, I, I I smoked pot in the house. My mom didn't know what that
0: stuff was. Really? That it was a cigar. You, sm- you smoked pot with your mom home? Yeah. That's amazing. My parents would have known. 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. How would you handle it uh, if you were a parent I'm sure you might be a parent, um, raising your kids, talking to them about drugs in a way that they can get it. Instead of just this just say no nonsense, what about harm reduction? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your calls. Uh, whether you want to talk about drug use, uh, safe drug use, uh, harm reduction, you want to tell us uh, one of your personal stories. Could be glowing, could be a bad trip, whatever. That's sort of what we're on, but you can always change the topic and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. What sparked the whole conversation is that over in Amsterdam, in the Netherlands, they are going to be making uh, psilocybin mushrooms illegal. Uh, Over there, and I just think it's an awful idea because, as one of the dealers pointed out, it's only going to drive the trade underground and make it more dangerous. Make the uh, the purchasing of the drugs more dangerous. Make the taking of the drugs more dangerous because it won't be sold along with information that can help keep people safe. Movies, lingerie, and marital aids. AdamEve.com has got a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off at AdamEve.com slash talk. So uh, you can bring up anything as always here, even in these remaining moments. Uh, did you have anything else to say on this, uh, this drug issue, Mark? Um, I, the one thing I'd absolutely
1: like to say is there's no such thing as a safe inhalant. Um, if anybody happens to be uh, listening right here, you know, one can make their arguments about marijuana and alcohol and LSD and, you know, all these things. There's no such thing as a safe inhalant. So if you're talking about uh, whippets out of the, uh, uh, the the whipped cream cans, mm-hmm. if you're talking about huffing uh, you know, stainless steel cleaner, if you're talking about, I, I think, gasoline, kerosene, I'm not even sure, but I know that uh, you know, it's the, oh, metallic, they get creative. the metallic spray paints, yeah. all of these things. The stories are horrifying. It destroys your brain. It destroys
0: your brain very, very quickly. You know, Mark, um, let's talk about that for a moment because... One of the reasons why I think in uh, inhalants, inhalants—I don't know what the correct pronunciation—we'll just go with one. Yeah, the reason why inhalants are popular, and they're certainly popular amongst young people, teenagers, right, is because they can't easily access other drugs of right. less uh, uh, that that would do less harm to them. I, we can definitely point out that marijuana. Cannot kill you. It has never been proven to do any real long-term damage to anyone. It hasn't ever. But how are, been with <laughs> you you know, how are you going to outlaw kids huffing gasoline? You can.
1: How are you going to outlaw kids huffing metallic paints? Now they are very careful. A lot of hardware stores are very careful about ID selling and stuff. Um, yeah. Selling uh, you know spray cans of metallic paints, especially in quantity and and things like that. They right. try. There's not. I don't think there's a law, but they try very hard there to, might be to laws limit that. In some places, but. You know they they can't. You just can't stop that from happening. So, really, what (laughs) one of the ways that you could limit the harm that's done by inhalants
0: is by making drugs that kids would rather do available to them. Absolutely. And, but, but then again, when, when you start talking about uh, re-legalizing or decriminalizing marijuana, usually people will say, well, look, okay, I'm okay with uh, with decriminalizing it, but we shouldn't let kids get their hands on it. Oh, please stop it. Would you just stop this right. madness? Well, you know, it's in America, we've gotten with this, what about the children?
1: Look people you're talking about 13 14 15 year old kids the, these this this age had families at one point in our existence mm-hmm. these these kids are not kids they are you know at their age whatever age it was was it was it 16 was it 17 when did you have your first beer when did you have your first binger when was the first time mm-hmm. you did drugs well that's what your kids are doing. That's sure. what they're motivated sooner, to do. If not younger. Right. They're, they're, they're exposed to this stuff more and more. But can you and imagine? Keeping it from them, You know, keeping it as a forbidden fruit rather than teaching them, I think that parents should drink alcohol with their children. Totally. Should show them how to consume alcohol properly.
0: You know, um, can you imagine just sitting around with your buddies when you were a teenager, Mark? And And I can totally see a situation like this coming up. You, you, you're sitting around with your buddies, and you say, hey, you got any weed? No, man, I'm all out, and I don't, my dealer's dry, I don't know where to get them, because when it's illegal, you deal with the black market, and sometimes, sometimes it's, it's there, dry. and sometimes it's not. Uh oh, I don't have anything, man. Well, I still want to get high. What should we do? Oh, let's go out to the back. My dad's got a can of gasoline back there. We've got some spray paint. I mean, the... This is, it's so easy, whereas they would have just packed up a bowl and smoked some marijuana and been satisfied right. with what that. Right,
1: what would you as a parent rather have? You know, marijuana which likely isn't going to harm your child at all in the long term, mm-hmm. or do you want to get them messing around with
0: huffing things that are, oh, it's going to destroy their mind? A friend of mine, uh, he was, uh, he had a, he had one of his friends over, and they were in high school at the time, and his friend had disappeared didn't know where he went to. He went out in the garage at that point looking for his friend. And he came out of the garage, noticed his friend was laying flat and on his back in the middle of the yard, completely passed out from inhaling gasoline. Hmm. I mean, he didn't even tell him he was going to go out and do it. He just, just went, went out and did it. Go out and get high. And this isn't to say that kids are going to stop doing inhalants if uh, marijuana is legal, but I can tell you it'll, the amount of kids that will think even think about it are going to drop.
1: You know, I'd rather I'd rather my son do, um, you know, smoke marijuana than uh, do inhalants any old time. It's just such an awful, awful thing uh, for kids to get involved with. You know, I saw this. Uh, God, I hate telling stories where I don't have all the facts. I was watching TV ten or fifteen years ago, and and it was uh, one of these 2020 um, kind of shows, PBS, 60 Minutes. I don't know, but these kids were talking about their experience in in huffing. It was some kind of fuel. I don't I don't think it was kerosene. Kerosene's mm-hmm. like diesel fuel. But say it was propane or something like that. Out of a big garbage bag, um, three of them in a living room. One of these geniuses is kind of done, so he lights up a cigarette bag oh, full of propane. All oh my gosh. Th- all three of them are on fire. They're not running around and screaming and going, Oh my god, oh my god, Whoa, oh my god. Dude they they're so in their own little worlds and that's how powerful these inhalants mm-hmm. are you don't even see what's right in front of your face yeah uh, the don't one dude didn't, the... didn't realize he was on fire until he lifted up his arm and his skin was sticking to the chair oh my god i mean that's how messed up these three dudes were and this is what you know this stuff is awful and we've got marijuana illegal
0: yeah <laughs> it's just madness uh, it needs to end. The war on drugs, the whole war on drugs, needs to end, and all of these drugs need to be available in the marketplace, being sold by businessmen who actually care about their clients, as opposed to black market drug dealers that could give a flip. Yeah, uh, the black market dealers do want you to come back and buy more. There is that factor, but they don't really care that much. They care a little, but not not as much as
1: uh, right. you know, a, a real businessman um who was you know trying to. To service his clients would.
0: And let's also point out that in the world of re-legalized drugs, because all of these drugs used to be legal, Mm -hmm. except the ones that were created as a result of the war on drugs like crack, because crack wouldn't exist if it hadn't been for the prohibition of cocaine. That's another story. I guess, yeah, crack's probably the only one you could maybe crank. Yeah, yeah, ice. Uh, But the fact is, if these drugs were re-legalized, they'd be manufactured in controlled, safe conditions in laboratories instead of somebody's back shed or in their bathroom, in a bathtub. Uh, they'd, be, they'd be manufactured in safe conditions. They'd be distributed in a similar way that you buy aspirin off the counter today, where you can see on the bottle... For these effects, take this amount per body weight, you know, because big people well, somehow, you know, they take Aspirin probably
1: doesn't touch home with people like cigarettes do. Okay, fine. I mean, people people understand that they're being told on a regular basis cigarettes are bad for you. Most drugs are not as addictive as cigarettes.
0: But I use, I use aspirin as an example because it has a recommended dose on there. And cigarettes, they don't say smoke one every four hours, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas you, that makes sense. You can measure.
1: But at least we're educated with cigarettes, yeah. um, you know, more so than you are. I I certainly know more about smoking cigarettes than I do about taking psilocybin mushrooms.
0: So you'd be able to measure your doses. They'd be clean. They'd be manufactured under quality control. And that alone would help uh, kids from, you know, prevent kids from overdosing because they would know what they're getting. Let's go to the amp line. Unscreened. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Hi,
2: it's Mike in California.
0: Hey, Mike. What's on your mind?
2: I know we are short of time. I just wanted to mention another uh, another way that people will do drugs when they are not allowed to by government, if none are available. Have you guys ever heard of Jenkum?
0: Yeah, oh. we actually talked about that
1: not too long ago. I've heard on the internet that that yes. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners what Jenkum is?
2: It's disgusting, is what it is. Oh yeah. Basically, when uh, if someone wants to get high and
1: drugs aren't available, they will defecate into a jar, urinate in there and i think they put something else in there that's very common water or something that's absolutely common to it's get it's just basically raw sewage that's putrefying right yeah they stick a balloon over it uninflated
2: and let it let it sit in the sun for a couple days and then they the balloon inflates from the expanding um from the
0: gases whatever's bubbling yeah. up yep
2: and then
0: they inhale the balloon and get high. It's yeah, and you can't stop people from
1: getting high, that's for sure. Now, this Jenkum stuff, some on the Internet I've heard maybe that it might be a hoax. But it seems But there's to be certainly real. some pictures that go with it, so it's, it's difficult to be- know exactly what the truth is and what isn't.
0: Well, the BBC reported it was used in, uh, in African tribes, uh, and so I would take that as, as legit. It's just probably not widespread here in America. We'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com, and please be safe.